What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. Joe just pointed out, I'm the man with the whiskey, but there's only one reason it's here. The man, capital M-A-N-N. Is Ed, in the studio. Welcome back, yes, It's man. not a solo reason. There, there's two other reasons sitting here along. Oh, that's true. You wouldn't it's be your, here by your, yourself your with giant whiskey. brass balls. That's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Don't We've, play uh, us up too much. We're not worth it. Don't do not do that. We're going to cut right to the chase. And there's we sh- first of all, we should have Ed on. Should have been on twice since he was here last anyway. That should have already happened. Yes. But it has to happen now because Ed's going to throw some uh, information on us real quick. What's the surprise, Ed? Well, my newest surprise is I get to go back to work. Through Congratulations. The la- <laughs> through the last couple months of having the shop shut, shut down has been um, almost excruciating for me to not be busy enough. My house is clean. My dog's petted. My wife is happy. Um, you had your new place and the rent just went up. Yeah. I mean, it, it just... It wasn't sensible. Yeah. It, it was the problem I was running into. You know, numbers are numbers. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, no matter what I do, emotions don't drive numbers. Mm-hmm. Numbers are just facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just hard facts. Uh, so I had to I had to reel it in and find a place that I could actually afford mm-hmm. and, you know, continue to keep the doors open in I'm a gonna, long-term I'm pause aspect. you temporarily. In case those that don't know, Ed Mann is the spokesman bicycle shop. Bicycle person, bicycle extraordinaire, master craftsman, master maintenance person. Oh, boy, I'm going to roll my pants up. Yeah. <laughs> He's not so much a right brother as one of their cousins. <laughs> exactly. I, I could have hung out with them at least. Oh, 100%. Many people that listen to the show know, know Ed Man anyway, but what we just have to say is a business is called The Spokesman, and he's so well named because of his uh, mechanical abilities in the ways of bicycles. Across the, the board. The last thing of mine that you fixed, other than doing a tune-up on my bike, which I appreciate now that I've moved, I think I told you I moved to a place, that, a neighborhood that's a lot less, it's less San Francisco and less more Kansas. Extreme. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Um, the last thing you fixed was my the tailgate on my truck. Do you remember that? Yeah, is it still the, fixed? Oh, hell yeah, it fucking works say. great. It's yeah, usually it's, like it's, a forever kind of fix. It really is kind of a forever yeah. fix, and I've, I'd fixed it, I think, three times, and then you're like, no. Because you had that old Mazda. Yes. That you changed the oil in like once in 15 One years. One time. And the only reason why I changed the oil is because the timing belt broke. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's a non-interference engine. Cool. I, I could do some surgery and this could go back to work. So when I decided to fix it and put it back to work, I was like, man, I've, I've put like 100,000 miles on this truck at least. And I've never changed the oil. Let's go. <laughs> let's oh drop this God. stuff. You would be surprised. That you mm. could still see through the oil. Wow. Now, I'm not saying it was golden and beautiful in color, but it was not pitch black and it did not pour out like tar. It surprised it was, you, I'm sure. It, I was just, I shit myself. Yeah. That it was I just wonder if good. maybe maybe Dre was changing it behind your back. I, I, she's I, taking over oil can, Henry. She's like, that That story is not true. She's going to listen to this and be like, that's not so fucking just, true. So just to like keep in reference on how well I took care of that truck, that was my, that was my tractor, my army tank. Uh, I jumped it so hard that the <laughs> aftermarket intake that somebody put on there tore the air filter off of it. Um, and I just wasn't, you know, that interested in buying a $30 air filter. So I literally just stretched a sock over the end <laughs> where the air filter once lived. Keeps the big chunks <laughs> out. It just, it keeps it right. Oh my God. And I kind of maybe attribute some of that to 
why the truck had such a spirit behind it. It had literally Arizona yeah. in that truck. Literally yeah. in it. Yeah. Yes. You should have contacted Mazda or Ford. Hey, Whoever wanted to take it, it back. You I know? sold it at 270,000 miles. I could still burn rubber. Shift right. gears continue to burn rubber. Or I should have come to the K&N filter say, check it out, K&N. Look what I'm running here for the, <laughs> yeah. in Arizona. Yeah, no shit. Dusty conditions for the last. <laughs> oh. I love that truck. Gosh, do I ever miss it so much. And then it's kind of handy that you know so much about that truck because I essentially have uh, the same thing. You have the, Just a the brother. Bit, yeah, basically. The brother truck. Ugh. All right, so truck. Anyway, Ed so Man of the Spokesman Bike Shop and Extraordinary Bike Mechanic. Go ahead now. So you had to move from, this is a few months back. Yeah, we're going on three months at this point. Um, so, yeah, I just had to curtail operations, you know, to, uh, try to hit the ground running, which I didn't. I tumbled and tumbled and tumbled. And it took me uh, a minute to find some place that I could occupy that was, you know, had a good balance with doing mechanic work and being able to afford the place because i'll tell you real estate's kind of trickled up there the new residents that came into our town brought in new pricing with them yeah uh so and i was on the verge of just saying maybe this just ain't worth it you know the parts uh supply chain issues that everybody knows about from covid you you got shut down you couldn't get anything i still can hardly get any still 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 cannot buy a chain for my bicycle still i'm hoping next month on the 7th or maybe 8th. Is that what they're saying now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what's, a lot what's, of our, the, what's the manufacturer of the chain? Uh, I, I prefer a KMC Diamond Light Coating SL 11-speed chain in all black, please. Ooh, well, I thank you very much, I just got fucking sir. turned on. It's a tough <laughs> it, chain. Listening <laughs> to you talk about bike shit is like listening to this guy talk about plane shit. Yeah, I'll tell about you. 75% of it goes over my head, and I just commit it to memory and Google it later so I could almost sound smart in conversation. <laughs> as long as I put enough of a descriptor to it, it sounds like you almost should want one. <laughs> right. No matter if you King have a bike or not. That's right. Yeah, you should definitely have the chain where are on they, the wall. Uh, where are they manufactured? Uh, they are manufactured in Taiwan. Okay. Which a lot of us in the east, and it's still they're shutting down again from COVID. Yes. Rolling As a fact, blackouts. A lot of the product been has been pushed again on the second time. Like, we're just now kind of getting into the first quarter stuff of 22. And we're getting wow. ready to go into yet another quarter. And we're just yes. now getting Q1 product. Yes. We are way, way behind the ball. Um, and, you know, there there's still problems at the port. There's still, like you said, shutdowns going on around the all around the Asia side of the, the world. Uh, they're moving factories out of China mm-hmm. and into Cambodia and Vietnam. So we got this further delay because mm-hmm. they're building complete bikes there more for the Cambodia and Vietnam okay. manufacturing in the complete bike aspect. So that's putting model years further back and harder for nano small bike shops like me to to you know obtain product because they don't care about you obviously as much as they do their big customers is that the what internet the, that the that's what the biggest customer is the, the internet. internet yeah yeah yes, yep. sir so that statement just made you guys sound like it's 1998 the internet the biggest <laughs> customer it's like it's like here it comes the information superhighway here, here it comes, i'm gonna yeah. fire up the web crawler oh get shit. my netscapes going oh. here web crawler alta vista oh my god it's yes. got a, a netscape navigator netscape navigator yes sir 2.0 which i know we have one li- listener out there will tell me that netscape navigator and netscape communicator were much better browsers than josh gone yo i'm calling you the fuck out because i'll get a text message sometime later this week from him 
contradicting some shit that I've said on here. And he does it, and I know he's always done that since I've known him over 20 years. It's God. to be expected. Keeps me in check. Yeah, that's a good man. Yeah, it, good it, man. he is. So anyhow, so now uh, with that, you, you couldn't sell product. You couldn't work on. So you couldn't work on as much stuff and service as many bicycles because you couldn't get parts for these people. Absolutely not. Wait, I had to become very creative. Yeah. Um, and I had to um actually restore and refurbish parts that were never meant to be restored or refurbished, mm-hmm. like uh taking apart a derailleur parallelogram and putting a non-bent one in its place, or just being able to, to decipher where that bend is mm-hmm. because it's an unequal parallelogram it moves out of ratio so then i gotta find that problem first and then make my own out of corpses because i started saving corpses of Mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. because everything's in various state of being broken it's not necessarily a pile of crumbs right uh so um i had to become very creative and every job just went from being a 15 minute you know investigation and replace or or upgrade or repair to a full-on restoration of Mm -hmm. a part so that i could just keep them running Mm -hmm. Because mm-hmm. if I can't keep my, you know, customers running, I'm I'm not gonna have any now, purpose. There yeah. are a cu- there are a couple other uh, smaller uh, bike shops in town. Also, I assume when they're experiencing the same problems, right? They're, they're oh, the absolutely. Same. So whoever is the person who can do what you did by cannibalizing for I, I hate that it sounds like a negative term, but going to the corpses and I, I, getting, I look at it as a positive. Yeah, I sure. Really do absolutely. and my customers do too because you know Re- they, repurpose recycle. They they would happily buy a new one, but at the same time. They would happily just love to have their bike fixed Mm -hmm. so I could go back to having my medicine every morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, depending upon what kind of shop you have, some shops are just, uh, you know, new bike sales. That, that's their specialty, mm-hmm. new bike sales or accessory sales or anything. Um, very few shops really revolve around the repair part. Mm-hmm. And that's my strongest point of my shop. Sure, I could, I'll buy you a $10,000 bike today. Mm-hmm. I can't promise it'll be here in a week. Usually the $10,000 ones are a little more available, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, re- it really comes down to the human aspect because we could get, again, back to the biggest customer, the Nets, People could source their own product, whatever it is they need. They go to YouTube's university, find out how it kind of works, mm-hmm. order 15 bucks worth in tools. Two or three weeks later, they're frustrated and bringing it to me. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I rely on is is my mechanical prowess, mm-hmm. if you will, yeah. to, to keep me important. So um, so you basically got kicked out because of just the way there's no way you could have survived at the increase of the rent no way and then you no were working way. out of you were doing a mobile stuff i believe you were going yeah, a little on a bit of mobile stuff out okay. of the garage and you know, i got some customers that i've been building their bikes or prepping their race bike for mm. over a decade and okay. they just will not have anybody else do it right they, they just won't was that pretty steady uh work out of your home i guess out of your garage fairly steady okay. i mean I, I had to like i only have so much i have an entire bike shop in my garage mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's yeah. pretty condensed in there right so i'm really kind of locked into one bike at a time type of action you know? sure i can't i literally had to go collect deliver drop off go collect deliver one customer's single bike at a time wow and it's it's incredibly wasteful driving around oh, and sure. burning gas and everything but that's just what it took right. for me to you know provide them the service they desired so i know that we spoke before but you were looking for other places you were going to think about uh, sharing a space and that didn't really quite work out and then uh I think I can't remember where I, I contacted you, but you said, hey, I've got some news. And this is like not that long ago. And so now your news is? 
Now my Here it news is. is I'm moving back into my old shop at the office, Butch's place, if you will. Boom! That is so there cool. he is. There yeah, it is. I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna reel it in and I'll do it a little bit different. I'll just keep the three thousand dollar full suspension bike and a couple, you know, a couple kids bikes uh, in there. I, I hate to be a Sears catalog store, but you know, the overhead on some of this product is kind of unwieldy per the amount of square footage that you have. You really got a fine line on how much you inventory versus what you're putting out. Um, so I'm going to be, I'm just going to focus on the service and the community efforts. Uh, the less time I spend trying to procure a bike for somebody, that's just not going to happen. The weekly emails and calls feverishly across the globe trying to get this product um, has, has really kind of soured me on keeping a traditional bike shop space. I mean, I, I see now my customer would much rather have an expert when they need them not necessarily me telling them what to buy i have this bike right here you buy this oh bike. yeah you can't you can't you can't do that they don't want that nobody wants that. i don't right. want that. oh hell no yeah i want half of the investigation of picking my bike out i have people that'll come to me i'll tell them you know you're about this side size where are you going to ride it how are you going to use it what's your budget you know and we'll just hash it out where they live i'll give them a, a half dozen options to choose yeah, from yeah but is this a this you're, you're not you're not charging for this service no no so at least i could do is offer my knowledge sure so but that takes does take time during your day i i get it summed up pretty fast i've okay. got a pretty good formula on this and okay. we could basically boil down you know your needs and desires in probably about a half an hour right. and that's with show and tell and some pictures and let's google together you right. know uh, i mean beth ferry i couldn't get the exact bike she wanted mm. i helped her navigate the internet <laughs> find the one that she needed okay <laughs> <laughs> fucking internet that was available at biggest so so all you folks that know ed and his first bike shop he had downtown historic downtown king when that's the, he, just to repeat he's going back to that same location and reopening uh his business again and that's second and beale on second yeah and beale. Yeah. yeah i really like the space you know i was of like the cool murals right there yes. with the bumble yes, bumblebees and the cactus and the what's the other animal that, thank you yeah, the hummingbirds especially pretty. The yes, the big humming. Sorry, I what is that other thing you guys should With have the seen? The pokey folks, thing. You, the pokey thing. You look like a mafia don. But you were pointing down instead of up with the thing. And you got a great view. I think you can see the yes. wall pies from you. Can I, walk I out can. there and you can. Yep. And it's, you don't have a parking spot per se, but it's better parking. Much way, better. Way better parking. Much better parking. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, by a long shot. I don't no know one, how anything will ever survive in those two spots where you where you were and where Pete was. Like the, like. Before the city moved the lines over for me, I called him. I'm like, hey, I've had three side swipes in front of my shop in the mm -hmm. last yeah. you know, mm -hmm. month and a half or however long it was, number of weeks. We got to get the. I know that this road is laid out as such because I've kind of studied into it where the bike lanes need to be, how much space there is, national trails, you know, because it, it, Route 66 is a national trail, um, that it had a, a prerequisites for how it's laid out and it wasn't laid out correctly and sure as shit they got over there very fast moved those lines over there and oddly enough nobody else got sideswiped crazy weird. how <laughs> so weird shit yeah so uh in celebration I, I, is this in celebration why did you bring me some booze uh, mr man because you need to drink more. <laughs> yeah, that's what my mother always said. That's the biggest word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Words that my mother told me uh, was because uh, I'm kind of uh, type. I'm usually type B personality, right, Joe? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I I uh, 
I uh, those the type A, type B, or like the the other. What's the other one? I don't know. FNTP. Like it's all horseshit. It's I, all hot I water. got it. It's <laughs> the same as fucking horoscopes. It's been debunked for decades. I know, but people still use it, and that's fine. But I am intense, and Are our you, friend Charlie would say that Paul. You people were worry about me. Paul's gonna gonna explode. I yeah, and and Char. What has Charlie said? He says uh, no, he's not. He's just he's just constantly bleeding steam. Yeah, yeah. he's just yeah. You're always your check valve is always you're hitting the TMP. So you're right there at the TMP, just letting it out as it needs to happen. Let it get a little high too much, but anyway. So, uh, but my I, th- I can't remember. I was uh, talking to my mother about some probably some political thing. We used to have you know, kind of mildly uh, conversations on the phone. She lives in, lived in Texas, and when I was in in Atlanta, and we were actually having more pleasant kind of the same conversation, but a little more pleasant. And she goes, "Hey, what's you're not usually uh, this uh, you know normal calm whatever? What's going on? And you have a girlfriend or this?" And I said, "No." And we kind of figured out. I said, "I have had a couple drinks," and she goes. Is that really the only difference between our normal con- I said, just, yeah. She goes, I think you should drink more. And she was serious. It was like a prescription. She goes, I yes. wouldn't tell you this if I thought you were an alcoholic, which I'm not. But she that, goes, I think you should probably have a couple drinks. That is medicinal whiskey. <laughs> that is. So Ed brought in Jefferson's uh, uh, blend of uh, whiskey here, and we're going to have some in celebration of his new news. Um, Lovely. And this yeah. is Jefferson's small batch. It's not the ocean aged. No, ocean no, no, aged no, 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 no. That's what I was getting into. Is like the, the, I, the okay. The ocean age thing is really cool. It's an awesome concept, but I wonder if it's gimmicky. We're gonna, it, it is you're going to find out right now. Which I've not had anything other than Jefferson's oceans. Oh, thank you. Having in there, uh, Ed and Joe are having it. My classic. These cops are really uh, beach cool. beachcraft uh, little rocks glasses vintage rocks glasses. I don't know where they the dimpled bottoms on them are. Th- <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's genius. I prefer dimpled bottoms actually. <laughs> <laughs> dimpled bottom. Never mind. Dimpled bottom jeans. Right. right. Boots with the cheers, Mister Man. Cheers, cheers Man. Oh my back. Long the... hmm. Oh shit. I do that's like good. it. Wow, that's, that's good. good. It's pretty smooth. No, it's very smooth. I mean, for the its classification. Very, as they say, drinkable. It is. It is it's very, very drinkable. It's, it's a very I mean, anything's drinkable if you put your mind to it, but right. this is, I actually enjoy yeah, the drinkability. Yeah, this is pretty okay. I mean, it's a little bit on the it, cold side. You know, I, I was keeping it in yeah. uh, the kegerator. Yeah. Like all the stuff no, it's perfect. This is room temperature in normal rooms, not room temperature Arizona. <laughs> I have to tell people that <laughs> right. when they, they talk about, uh, oh, don't they serve the beer warm in the United Kingdom? No. Not warm, no. Ambient. No, they, they serve at room temperature, which there is like 50. <laughs> yeah, right. it's an ambient temperature. People are like, oh. Anyway, uh, where is Jefferson's from? Is that a Kentucky bourbon, or are they, uh, are they out of, like, Oregon or something? Louisville. Louisville? <laughs> I've heard people mispronounce Louisville before, but Ed's I've never one, heard. I've one never, strong sip, he's like, always Louisville. This, this is Louisville, Kentucky. So it says it's bottled in Smith, Arkansas. Even better. For McLean and Kine and um, okay. Louisville. I don't care. They could make it in a bathtub in a meth lab in Golden Valley, and if it tastes that fucking good, I don't care. I, I think in its, in its price range, it's tough to beat. Yeah, it is very good. Oh, so yeah, so that's the that's the really big news we've been kind of uh, teasing on our uh, on our Facebook page this week. I can't tell you how happy I am to be able to go back to work and just see people again. And yeah, like, yeah, I bet. So like for the, the two years leading up to oh, go home now. Um, I was really missing like people on tour. Mm-hmm. That those that's yeah. like oh, that's yeah. like the highlight of my year. Is I can tour imagine season. 
I and get to talk to people all around the world. I got to, so when's your move-in date, do you think? Uh, end of this month. Okay, that's good because um, I'm on these various uh, uh, pages for Route 66 Historic Society now because of all the stuff that Kingman Main Street's doing. And I got to tell you, especially this year, there's a shitload more activity, people traveling from Europe, yeah. coming in, making trips. And you've already we missed some already, but sure. you're going to get a lot more people, I think, this year. Because some of the pent up stuff, even I, from the I, I when you left down there, mm-hmm, I you, you're gonna be busy. I think. Well, that's why the Black Keys and Band of Horses are touring together, and they are playing giant fucking arenas. Right. There's no reason that the Black Keys—they're big, mm-hmm. but they're not MGM Grand Garden Arena, arena big. Arena. I couldn't fuck. I mean, now I—the first time I saw them was 2014. That was uh, in Phoenix, uh, where the uh, the Suns play. Right down there, next to next to the Diamondbacks Stadium, I, whatever. That's a, and that's an arena. Yeah, you know? it's small and that's arena, a, but arena. Right, MGM Grand Garden. I looked it up. Is twenty six thousand people. That place is huge. That's wow. and and like the one guy that uh, Jeremy Foss uh, really likes. Um, uh, he like, um, God damn it, one uh, dude. He the likes. dude, the dude. He's a performer. His name's Clarence Greenwood, but he performs as Chris Gaines. Oh God damn it! Now you're not helping. <laughs> Okay. Perfect. Anyway, <laughs> that guy used to perform like three thousand seat venues, two two to three thousand seat venues. He's playing. He's getting paid like nine thousand a show now, and he's playing like five to ten thousand seat places because people are starved for this stuff. There's now, a lot of people that need to I'm, be pleased. I'm so happy that these mid and like mid and low level musicians are just like making. They're getting fucking paid, oh, which I is great. That. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. But the rapper band's probably going to snap in a year or two. No, and people it, are like, it, okay, we're back to having concerts again. But I'm with you on that. And Paul and I, Jesus Christ. Just tell them I, a story about how we, gonna, we had these big plans. Okay, let me tell you my story real quick, just to le- is the lead up. This is why I have a little bit more skin in the game. A little bit more. I understand. 1996, I was supposed to go see Rage Against the Machine, my favorite band oh, at the buddy. time. Oh, buddy. Right? My grandma dies. We don't get to go to see Rage Against the Machine Thanks, because Grandma, because we right, sorry, we flew out to Tucson to be with my grandfather for the first mm-hmm. Christmas that he was going to be alone in forty some odd years, fifty years. So, uh, in two thousand, I bought two tickets to go see them, and then they broke up. I'm wincing. And then two thousand seven, I had a seven year old and could not afford a five hundred dollar ticket to Coachella to see them when they got back together. Thanks, Portia. Thanks, Portia. <laughs> so fucking expensive. You still owe me for that. And then, uh, in what Feb or January 2020? They opened up tickets. I bought a, like three tickets or two tickets, but farmed it out to a few people because I knew they were going to sell out. Two tickets to see Rage Against the Machine, and Joe actually and bought me one because their opening act or whatever to pair is Run the Jewels is Run the Jewels, which is I, fucking. I went. Uh, where was this show going to be? Uh, in Phoenix, Phoenix at uh, I can't remember if it's Auction. No, no, no. It's a uh, no. It's the arena. It's at uh, Westgate, whatever the, where the where the Coyotes play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget. I've I've seen a couple concerts there. So not only that, once we announced this to each, he told me this, and we were having one of our shows downstairs at the older studio, and uh, we said, oh, we're gonna do, the, and this is gonna be the year because we're gonna go back to we're gonna go to the 420 festival. It was like January. It was like January second or something like that. We right. recorded this. It was like the first first show of 2020, and we talked about, oh, you know, I'm like, what are we gonna do this year? I'm gonna yeah. get my passport, yep. and because I was like. You know, twenty up to twenty eighteen, like you know, kids are expensive. We we uh, we've yes. talked about this. You know how expensive they are. <laughs> yes. And it took me about a year and a half or so to kind of get a savings built up to where I could spend money, because Porsche is so independent. Like I haven't, I don't give her money. Like I don't have to. Like she doesn't. It's because you ask did a good it. job. I, I don't know about that. I think she just you knows that there is no job. money. Yeah. yeah. You did I, a good job. Okay. Fine. 
I would say her mom did a good job, and she knows that there's no money. Yeah, did a good job. Fine, thank you. <laughs> anyway, I know I'm like a woman t- trying to take a compliment, aren't I? I'm gonna have to beat you. I'm fucking yeah. Just say thank you. I'm yes, thank you, the Ed. Dishes. Anyway, uh, so we're talking about all the things we're gonna do. We're gonna go travel. I'm gonna get a pat my passport and Paul and I. Went, I want. I kind of want to go to Ireland and I want to do this. And I had said I was gonna go to Hawaii, which right. I did. That was the only thing in 2020 that I said that I was going to do was go to Hawaii. And, and the Sweetwater 420 Festival. Oh, Sweetwater 420 Fest in Atlanta, which I have another friend Paul who lives in Georgia who goes to Sweetwater 420 Fest every year, it's, except he didn't go this year because the lineup was shit. It, it's a microbrewery that I was, it, when they start up. Sweetwater, have you ever heard of Sweetwater Brewing? I think. 420 Pale Ale, like all that stuff, so, yeah. yeah. So that's where, because when the Bible Belt, right, they, they wouldn't allow them to sell 420 in the grocery stores. Right. <laughs> Whatever. So Puritans. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I knew the small brewery that they were in, and a friend of mine used to, he was a airplane mechanic, and they had problems with their bottling lines. And they didn't know how to fix any of this shit, but they knew how to make really great beer. And he happened to show up there. And this it, was when they were in like a industrial park, yeah, right? Small, An industrial park, yeah, about the size of this industrial park. Yeah, yeah. and not it, at all. They're they're the stone of 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 the southeast. They're gigantic. Yeah, they are now. They have a hundred and twenty barrel brew house. Those so, tanks are taller than they they need a another 20, 15, 18 feet above this hangar to store them hangar. in there. They're fucking enormous. So yeah, at that anyway. time, they were really small, and my, and my friend called me up one day. He goes, hey, what are you doing now? I said, I don't know. I'm working on my you know plastic airplane stuff. This is when I was a lot smaller than I am now with the space. And he goes, well, I just, there's this brewery up here, and they have having troubles, and they're going to they're gonna give me a – they are beside themselves because I fixed their production line, which is not a very big line, but they, had, they were stuck. Uh-huh. But he was able to get them going again. He goes – they're going to load me up with all the beer that I want. And they said, yeah, I, could, I could have a buddy of mine come and they can load you up with all the beer you want to take home. And I went, okay. So I went there and they were just these younger dudes. And they were just having a ball and they were just listening to rock and roll music and just bottling this beer. And they were just had the world by the, by the tail, you know. And, uh, and so he became friends of theirs because he was kind of their onboard mechanic. They had, uh, remember Singular Wireless? Yes. He was their mechanic on the Singular Wireless executive jet. Well, the jet would be gone half the week. And it was gone. He didn't have to do anything. But he was still getting paid being next to the airport in the industrial park. He would go hang out at this brewery. He's handy to have around. And drink beer and work on there. <laughs> that sounds fucking great. Right. Yes. It's like a dream job. So It really is. Then on every Wednesday at 4.20, they would have uh, uh, Wednesday afternoon at 4.20, they would have parties on 4.20 and uh, have a tasting and that kind of stuff. Well, it turned into this organic. People just started... Over the last couple, oh, last couple years, the first couple years, they would um, just start showing up. Bands would start showing up with their own like trailer and just start playing in the parking lots and shit. Oh, that's magical. Yeah, it was totally that way. And they had this wall about the size of this wall going into their entrance that turned into. I wish I had photographs of this. This is long before the internet. And um, walls of bras and underwear that were nailed on the wall that they collected during the 420 parties from from these little fast. Yes. <laughs> They, wow. they were going on. The people in the industrial park were like, after a while, they just gave up. They, they kind of raised a white flag and said, well, fuck it. Wednesday afternoons, we're not going to be able to get cars in and out of here. You know, they finally, they were complaining <laughs> yeah, initially. Yeah, just gave in. But then they just gave up. And it turned into that. But now it's a, they're a huge brewery somewhere just on the north side of Atlanta. So every year now they have a 420 Fest, April 20th. And they have a lineup. And we were going to go. It, so he was basically there in the, like the, in the, 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 the embryonic stage the of the really Sweetwater embryonic. 420 Fest. Yeah. It's now in Olympic Park. Is that what it's called? Olympic, yeah. uh, in Olympic Park yeah. in downtown oh, wow. Atlanta. And like Oysterhead, Fish, yes. String Cheese Incident, Humphreys McGee, Gary Clark Jr. Like, oh, wow, that's a very. Uh, 
Dirty Heads, Thievery Corp. I mean, just huge. That's a wild lineup. Right? I think Snoop Dogg was going to be. Wasn't Snoop? The two years ago, we were that so in 2020 when we were going to go, like the headline main headliner one day was Snoop Dogg. Toots and the Maytals, which Toots, you know, Toots died in 2021. Yes. Like, wow. there's this incredible lineup. Wow. We're going to go. We're going to do, do that. I bought tickets for the last year of Sasquatch. I was. I'd always wanted to go to Sasquatch. I was going to go to a concert up in the Gorge. I was going to fly up to up, you know, in Pacific Northwest. I so, wanted to go to Mexico. And this I wanted just to go to Hawaii. homogeneously falls and, together right. every year. But and uh, now no, it's no. like a ring. This is no. This is what we were going to do in 2020. We talked oh, about it. We're now, like that's that's where we came up with the whole thing of we are the ones who caused the coronavirus. Right. Pandemic. Everybody has a story about <laughs> about about uh, COVID, obviously. But it was funny because we just announced to ourselves and to our audience that this is going to be the we're traveling man we're doing shit we're going so if we only have one podcast a month it's because we're off traveling but right. that one podcast then, month will be great and then as we all know slam and then mid-march done <laughs> fucking god and they keep damn delaying it. now when's the concert so Rage, to be? oh that's what i was gonna get Rage Against the machine was delayed to 2021 Actually, it was originally delayed from March 2020 to October right. 2020 oh, right right and then again, it kind of followed maverick yeah, no shit. <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Because, you know, Maverick, the f- like everything, that movie was completed it, yeah, I was by like o- commercials October, for it. Tw- right. <laughs> October 2019 is when yeah, the movie was completely done. Two years ago, done. we were seeing yeah. commercials for yeah. it. And there were all these things that we were going to do, just never fucking happened. And Rage is now postponed to February 2023. Almost three time. years. <laughs> Three, three years. And they wow. added a bunch more dates, like the, yeah. like which is, which is great. Vegas uh, date. Uh, there was, I, uh, I think so. I'm going to say there probably is. There has to be, right? The whole funny thing is, is like, I, you, we all know Rage's politics and, and Run the Jewels. Like, you know Run the Jewels? Are you familiar with those guys? Yes, yeah, okay. It's Run the Jewels. Like, they're, you know, you know um, I, I almost called him Magic Mike. It's not Magic Mike. Uh, oh, uh, uh, D, uh, DJ Shadow. No, no he's stop. not with them. No. He's, he's no. not with them. DJ Shadow and Run the Jewels play that one, uh, Nobody Speak. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Very liberal politics. Rage Against the Machine, revolutionary type berets and Ish. red stars right. politics, right? Right. Their whole thing was they were going to do this tour to drum up, and they're going to they're going to register a bunch of people to vote, and it was going to be sure. like the old school rock the vote yeah, tours. Yeah. Remember that shit? Oh, absolutely. And then that didn't happen because the, in the twenty twenty election, whatever. So now it's happening so late, three years later, it's going to be like the next election cycle. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just funny as shit to me. They're like, I, I, always, I just wonder if those guys sat down and had a meeting. They're like, well, fuck, Trump got voted out. What the, what the fuck are we gonna do now? Like, what? <laughs> the goddamn politics are irrelevant. <laughs> They're not irrelevant, though. I've enjoyed uh, Tom Morello, uh, which is, uh, of course, on in, in Rage. I guess he's a lead guitar, in a singer, and lead he's guitar He's the guitarist, yeah. yeah. He's it, okay. Yeah. But he's on, uh, I, guess, I think it's Lithium. I can't remember what the station yeah. is. Yeah. I've re- he's really good to listen to. He, he ta- really is. The way he's he talks got a about good his show. stuff. He's so yeah, intelligent. He, like, he says stuff about his mom in the show. Yeah, yeah he brings his mom on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. my mama said. He, he uh, is, I know all those guys in that, that band are big-brained, but I know he's the one who was instrumental in the reason why I was allowed to listen to them is that is my mom looking at the liner notes that first album and the fact that they put a list of books you should read Dude, in the back Harvard of the liner trained notes. guitarist he's yeah. so fucking smart <laughs> uh, he's a politi- he has a he has a degree in political science from from Harvard with a minor in music theory I, I, I've <laughs> seen some what? remarkable remarkable tweets of him backlashing at people oh yeah <laughs> the, the one where he, he calls out you don't have to be a political uh, political science uh, or what is it? I, I, I know this. I've seen the screenshot of the tweet where some it might have been Trump Jr. It might have been Don Trump Jr. That said, so you don't need a you don't need to be a 
have have you don't shouldn't have to have a degree in political science science and from uh like a uh, like Harvard or Yale or something like that to understand this and he goes well actually uh as someone with a degree from Harvard in political science uh <laughs> yes you it would do help if you and did. I'm right now yeah, yeah. it was just like just dunking on people and yeah. night night watchman I'm not normally a side project kind of guy because they're typically not as good as wherever the person came from audio slave okay uh i'll tear that down here in a minute if you know oh. no, actually i audio slave i audio slave was not a side project though that that was that was replacing zach de la rocha because it wasn't oh and Soundgarden. Well, well yeah but so if anything it was a it was a it would have been a side project for chris cornell Yes. What I mean is when like like Tom Rello went off and, and uh, he, his whole uh, his side side project solo project is called uh, Night Watchman, and it's incredible, like really good. It doesn't I am sound not anything familiar with. Doesn't it. sound anything like. Rage can you Machine. can you pigeonhole it a little bit or not really? No. Okay. No. It's that unique. No, it would it, be like trying to pigeonhole Pete Seeger. Okay. Because it's kind of like that. It's very it's politically active, but it, and 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 politically aware, but it's not. In your face is good, kind of folksy rock shit. Speaking so. of political aware musicians and so forth, when Joe and I went to see Roger Waters at um, what the hell was that in Vegas? What was the, the T-Mobile Arena first concert right. they had? My my seat still smelled like new seat. It did. <laughs> I oh, had, that's we had, right. Remember, we had trouble folding the seats down because they had never been they folded were down like before. Brand new. They smelled were, like new it was, car. Yeah, it, it did. really did. The whole place did smell like off gas and, and then plastic. it smelled like weed. And <laughs> that is a fact. Now that I can say that, I don't work at the uh, hospital anymore. I can say that. <laughs> Uh, that was when Chris. Yeah, but everybody was smoking. Everybody was. Yeah. And that was when you know that was when Chris Lay still you know partook of substances and, uh, you know a couple a couple of us there didn't really do that all the time and Chris did and just I don't know if we should bring it because he's not retired yet maybe we shouldn't say his name but one of the members of the group is uh I love him to death but he's a bit of a square and didn't he pop so we like thought. two like fifty milligrams or something like that of brownies. Edibles? A brownies. Just, boom, boom. And we walked me in. I think Mike Hinman was there. Mike just starts laughing like Mike does. Yeah. Because Mike's going, uh, see you later. Yeah. Well, I see didn't you later. You didn't. Yeah. <laughs> see Thank you later. You. Yeah. See you later, bud. And <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was like an hour and a half later. We're sitting there. Weren't we having drinks? We're having beers outside, outside the arena. Hooked up with Jeremy Foss. And that's his, right. His yeah. And Jarman. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we're all giggling. I wa- Actually, I wasn't giggling yet because I hadn't had any edibles because I was smart because I don't want to go to sleep. That's because the other person yeah, yeah. ate them all. It, right, yeah, because right. somebody else ate them all. <laughs> I did hit Chris's pen in there about 10 minutes into the show. And for about 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes, I regretted my decision. I, was, I hadn't felt paranoia like that. Since I was a kid, I was like Sweat 16. Sweat on your brow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Chris kept hitting his pen. Oh. And at one point in time, he's sitting next to me. He's balled up. Yeah, kind he, of in a, he, yeah, he, he starts levitating. Well, no, he pulled his his uh, he pulled his, his feet up onto yeah. the seat and just hugged his knees and looked at me. He goes, man, I'm too fucking high for this shit. I'm too fucking high for this shit. Because in the, the show. Because the it, Roger Waters the has the pig flying over and yeah, yeah. all the It's coming right over you and all that. And he's just looking around. And he's <laughs> like, man... I don't think I can fucking handle this. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You can handle this. <laughs> Give me that pen. And then, of course, I did that, but internally, because I don't extra. I don't show that yeah, shit right, externally. Right. I'm. If you came over and touched my skin on any square inch of my body, I would have been clammy as fuck. But I don't show it. And in my head, I'm like, I'm. I'm gonna go to jail. Um, they're gonna. They're, like, they're not gonna let me see my kid anymore. <laughs> I, like, I'm just like freaking, freaking the fuck out. And I'm like, oh god. But I'm, what I was gonna say is anyway, that so Roger, Roger Waters, Waters goes on this big tour, and then we're hearing because he hasn't come to Vegas yet, but we're reading about the tour because it's going along. 
did you, you read that one big piece that came out that people in somewhere in let's say Kansas half the people walked out yeah oh it was because the, they didn't realize that Roger Waters was quote so political the Columbus show the Columbus some, Ohio show oh that's what it was uh, I, I think I going, read about do that do you yeah. not listen yeah, yeah. to Pink Floyd and do you the, have any idea what you were getting into well, <laughs> but then again like who was the who's the uh it wasn't Matt Gates. It was some other puke in Cong- Congress. It's hardcore conservative, and he was talking about how he listens to Rage Against the Machine when he works out. And then, he, but he didn't realize what the he'd been listening to him for twenty years and didn't realize, didn't really think about their politics until like Tom Morello or some somebody was talking about it, and he tweeted some dumbass shit. And there, and Tom Morello was like, "I've been singing about this stuff since I had an acoustic guitar at like 13. <laughs> like, the, I don't think you understand, like." Uh, please don't listen to us anymore. Ever. Like, stop. Like, just stop. <laughs> Ever, just straight yeah. and told that guy, stop listening to us. <laughs> and, and yeah, the, the Columbus uh, show, they had a whole was bunch of... It was it was Columbus. Well, okay. I don't know if that the headline that you're talking about came from Columbus. I don't know it about people. Been. I know people walked out of the Columbus show because I had a couple friends who were at that show. Um, uh, but they def, there, there were people that walked out. But the Columbus show didn't sell out. Like, it didn't even come close. It was like 60% capacity. Yeah. Shocked. It's deep in, in MAGA country, man. Yeah. Ah. It's just not. Yeah. They just didn't. So most people in that area knew. They, I yeah. guess they didn't. Yeah. yeah. But some didn't. Oh, yeah. Pink Floyd, they're awesome. This guy used to play for. Yeah. Like was if, with Pink Floyd. Cool. Yeah, the tickets were so cheap that if you just wanted to walk it, like up to the like up to the ticket gate and go, can I have one ticket to see Roger Waters, please? They're like, cool. $55. And you would have gotten a seat on the floor like and wow. been right, right there. Yeah. Right. There was. I saw pictures of it. It was nothing. Now, the funny thing is that same venue, my brother was there about uh, two weeks before, which was the same night as us at the the Vegas show for Roger Waters. My brother saw Tom Petty, which was two weeks before he died. And it was packed. It was sold out. It sold out in like 45 minutes. Giant fucking arena. Was that the place where he texted you from hey man check it out I'm he's like this. guess where i am and right. it's like a picture it's like it's like a quick video of tom petty and it had the roger waters show hadn't quite started yet and i was like uh this is where i am and i took a picture and it was just that one video of the lady from behind it was a really cool fucking video where uh it was just an hour length video of just a lady sitting by the seaside if come out find out later on it was brighton seaside and just sitting there and all you can see is her from behind and blonde hair would blow every once in a while and it was just like this cool background music and waves crashing before Roger Waters went on. Which so I is, sent that picture to him and he goes, what, what the fuck are you, where are you at? I'm like getting ready to watch Roger, Water, Roger Waters and he was all, fuck you man. I'm like, yeah, way better than Tom Petty, huh? And he's all, no, I don't know about that. We like, all my love Tom Petty too. I love Tom sure. Petty yeah. too and I really wish I would have, I've never seen him live. Like, But a, the timing you know, was like, he didn't know, have any idea he, he was going no to Roger idea Waters. I was at that show. He knew I was going to that show because I know called him the night that you guys gave yeah. me those tickets but or the ticket. But, uh, yeah, anyway. So, Ed, the one the cool thing, there was another uh, Roger Waters show I saw in Atlanta. And before the shows, he doesn't have an opening act at all. They're just, again, it's a massive screen, and they have, like, cool video. Not, like, music videos, but it's like you're talking about just, like, the one artsy. shot. Artsy stuff. Yeah, artsy, fartsy shit. And that's one that I can't remember which. I think it was the Dark Side of the Moon tour is what they just called it. They played a bunch of old Pink Floyd, like, for an hour and a half. And then he comes to the microphone and says, okay, we're taking a 30-minute break. And then we're going to play Dark Side, it was, which was so cool because it was just, oh. Dark Side of the Moon out the whole album. Start to finish. Yes, without oh. any breaks. Just I, I'm getting goosebumps now just oh, thinking yeah. about it. Man. <laughs> yeah. Because that was the year he did that as the closer at Coachella. Yeah. Because wow. when you told me about that, I'm like, that sounds familiar. I looked it up and it was like 2008 or something like that. Right. Or 2007. Actually, no. I think it was 2007 because it was the same year that I wanted to go see Rage at Coachella. And it was like Rage Against the Machine Friday. Saturday was like... 
I I don't even remember what the headliner was on Saturday. And then and then Roger Waters playing Dark Side of the Moon beginning to end it was Sunday night. I'm like, what the fuck? My entire goddamn childhood. So, anyway. So what they have, it, you had this big screen again, but all, all you could see was this, this this really cool old antique chair and a small, probably 100- or 200-year-old little table next to the chair with, with a bottle of, I can't remember what kind of whiskey it was, or scotch or whatever it was, in a... In a a uh, uh, whiskey glass, like uh, what do you call these glasses? Rocks glass. Thank rocks you, rocks glass. And he was smoking a cigarette. Oh, you couldn't see his face. You could just see his hand, the bottle of whiskey, and and the glass. Uh-huh. And it was out there for like an hour. And he was just pouring himself, listening to some of the kind of music on, the, on an old radio, and just drinking this bottle down for an hour. And then smoking a cigarette, and he would light up another one. It was just constant video of this going on. Those guys. It Pink, was so cool. The guys at wow. Pink, Pink yeah. Floyd talking about. I how could they, just watch that for hours. <laughs> yeah, the guys at Pink Floyd always talking about back in the seventies when they would get interviewed that they don't do drugs. They really like. They, I know they were smoking reefer. No, well, because they saw what psychedelics did to Sid Barrett, yeah, and yeah. they didn't have the knowledge of psychedelics back then. They just saw that he went fucking bonkers, so they stayed away from that shit. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, but you know, if our fans want to do it, I've heard it enhances the experience, and I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. That's a that is an understatement. Like the edible night that we had, yeah, where uh, uh, our 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 friend. unnamed friend gave us the homemade edibles, and we ate the whole like each cookie was little tiny cookies, ate them. Paul had never seen um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, jeez. Right, so I we never, were, I, that was it. People what? were are you crazy? I know, I, I was I completely know. blown away. Right. What? And so we did. So, well, we, we watched about 45 minutes of it. <laughs> so we ate the whole cookie, each one of us, then started making the food, had hamburgers, like just did really good, big, greasy, gourmet hamburgers. And about mm, 45 minutes later, I get a phone call from said friend who gave us those. And I asked Paul when he showed up with the cookies, did you... Like, how much of these we eat? He goes, I just said, eat them. Okay, cool. I'll trust that because they're little tiny cookies. Still the absolute highest I've ever been in my entire life. Uh, One of the other people that was there that will remain unnamed because I know where he works. uh, He used to sell weed back in his 20s. So we're talking about a singular cookie? A, no, no a little what? tiny, like little little tiny cookie. It was like a thin, oh, there was th- like a thin was, wafer, three, if I recall. We're talking like a famous Amos size. Yes, like a cookie. famous Amos size yeah. cookie, but kind of thinner and too. Three I of believe. them, yeah. you know, so one of a, one a piece. If I had to estimate now that I know a little bit more about edibles, it's four thousand grams. It was probably seventy-five to hundred milligrams. That's a that's a heavy heavy fucking dose, and I. So the one guy who is experienced at weed was like I gotta go home if I don't leave now I'm not gonna be able to fucking leave and I have to I have shit to do tomorrow and da, 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 whatever so he Tapped leaves I, I I'm sitting there like oh oh ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm getting a little oh god okay all right I'm gonna leave too and the saga I'll spare you guys the saga because I've talked about it on this but it, it took me about 40 minutes to drive home from Paul's house up in the um and you probably shouldn't like, have obviously i probably shouldn't have Should've but just i walked home i am yeah. one of those yeah right same amount of time the wallapai <laughs> wallapai foothills area uh rancho the lat like, one of the last streets in rancho to wallach ranch ah to where i yeah it's my old house oh you know where i used to live yeah, yeah you could so. have just rode a dolphin the whole way there yeah that, i could have just flown yeah. really very colorful dolphin yeah. i was yeah. hot, can't pull you over in the sky <laughs> why drink and drive when you would smoke and fly <laughs> yeah, and I get home, and I'm like, all right, I text Paul. I'm like, I'm home. 
like good and I, the whole way there i'm like looking at check making checkpoints like i could pull off here into this guy's house and tell him <laughs> hey man i need to crash on your couch just sit here drink some water he'd be okay one of them was like where portia was living her mom's house right it was right there on eastern i'm like i get this could be a teachable moment just pull in there i was like super paranoid but high look uh, at me uh, listening to classical music <laughs> look at me so the classical music was on on npr but then the dj came in he's like and you know the dulcet tones of the oh, deep, yeah. nighttime dj and npr welcome back to npr we're listening to vivaldi's four seasons and they're like oh, sh- shut the fuck up then i turned it off get home and the first album that i listened to the only album I don't think I made it have like partway through was Dark Side of the Moon. Oh yeah. And the fact that those guys didn't do drugs and come up with that album is fucking Man. How do we I, know? I, how do we really know? Those guys know? all said that. They they said after like in in interviews and the, the making of Dark Side of the Moon that, that uh, like one of those VH1 like album things sure. where they go deep dive on it. They all said, including Alan Parsons, yeah. the producer on there, even said those guys did not do any drugs the whole time. Like, they would smoke reefer at the end of the day, and that was it, but they didn't really do Alan any drugs. Alan Parsons is a little out there, too. Well, yeah. He I think he's just yeah. naturally out there, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, do you guys want to take a break? Sure. Let's do that. We're going to come back, and we have more... Uh, we'll, we'll have more... We're going to really engage at this time, though, because now we went off on these tangents of all the... Many, many... Nonsense many we were doing. Nonsense. Thank you. 
It does. All right, hold it, on. It's it's almost like you know you could smell the dirts. You you can. So get it, get ready. He's, he's oh, gonna, no, that's how we're gonna come in. Oh, we're on. We're on. Oh, oh we are on. Oh, we're on. Have to test. Folks, Ed Mann is about to take a hit of oxygen. We haven't done this on the podcast in a while. And now he's gonna hold it like that's a man a, who now knows how to take a hit. Holy shit! All right. So Ed is love is like oxygen. They say right. <laughs> it has a very organic, almost earthy, right overtone. It's, to it's this. funny because it's technically not organic because it does, it does not contain any carbon. But but it has almost like a dirt. It's like an earthy like taste to the back of my throat <laughs> with this. This you is get, uh, you get a hit of that oxygen. This is aviation oxygen, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, not that there's a difference, but we have it in the corner oh, for that that was so much for our special guest so much better than the early 2000s oh yeah no this is this is a pure strong oh, going in your it's getting oh in my, there I, i'm like oh god it is organic tasting <laughs> jesus i haven't done a hit of oxygen in a long time oh <laughs> oh man uh, that was i believe i can fly i, I don't think i've ever <laughs> had a pure oh my god that strong of a hit oxygen yeah like this oh my god uh for those of you that are late to the game um paul has oxygen tank or an oxygen tank for when he flies up really high and not in the figurative sense the actual when, when i choose to use it when he chooses I... to use it yeah because otherwise he gets that natural high that's called yeah. hypoxia yeah and now paul's going at it yeah get oh, it boy yeah. wow oh yeah, yeah. that really is fantastic a, the flavor is it's distinguishable it is. Like you said, it does have a flavor. 
<laughs> I like how we're doing tasting notes on oxygen. This is like, yeah, the front is really, <laughs> the, yeah, I, I on really... the nose. It's a, it's, 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 it's just pure air. But so on the back on, end, on the front end, it's very passive. But towards, you know, after you like for sure fill your mouth up and lungs up with it, it has a, a very earthy. It it really does. And for those know. of you that have seen the Hold. movie movie Flight, it does work. You can you can kill a hangover and get sober pretty quickly. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I should 100%. carry this in my car when I. Never mind. Wow. I don't. I don't drive and drink. drink I think and it's drive. a shame that it doesn't have a mask. Oh, I've got those. He's down got a mask. He's yeah. got a cannula and all that stuff and a regulator. We're I, just we're just fucking. Dude, oh, Paul's is, taking a double hit because it's his. This is like steamroller action <laughs> of. <laughs> Oxygen. Here you go, Ed. You want another hit of that? I, I really do. More, we need it's, a, it's not that yeah, uh, puff, puff, pass, boys. So I would love a version of this, like a CO2 container for how I instantly inflate my tubeless tires. I would love to have this. <laughs> it's the worst fucking sound, I'm sure. Oh, my God. This is... Amazing. All right, guys, I'm going to do one more. I'm gonna do, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, we'll do one more. I'll do one more. This is a classic podcast. I literally feel smart. Recording. Yeah, man. I think if we had like some classical music playing now and we're oh. hitting oxygen. Oh, 88.9. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Hey, sorry. Quit wasting it, man. Oh, I know. Seriously. Jeez. I wish you had a picture of that. Oh, that was a little bit too harsh. Oh, God. That was the skydive gravity bong version. Oh of man, oxygen! It made my lips all flappy. It did. You're like a you're like a black lab in the roll down window of a F one hundred F one hundred F one hundred the original oh, ranger. Holy shit! Oh okay. Like how's everybody feeling? I feel remarkable. It's crazy because uh, I feel like ten dollars. I feel I like really ten dollars. I don't think I've ever experienced oxygen at that level. No. Ever not no. since the womb. Not since the yeah, that's a good way to put it. No, it, it is kind of it is kind of refreshing. It's enlightening. Like I literally feel. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Okay. Nice. Lifted. All right. Well, now that we've gotten sufficiently high on oxygen, right? By the way, this uh, this bourbon. Oh, it's tasty. It's good. That Jefferson's. Have, uh, oh yeah. We have to, like to apologize. We we normally don't drink hardly in the show at all. But we have to now because Mr. Man is on and he brought this whiskey and or this bourbon, excuse me. Have to. Well, bourbon is whiskey. Well, it's a t- yes. Which, which is bourbon is a whiskey. All bourbon is whiskey. Not right. all whiskey is bourbon. Right. Yes. In order for it to be called bourbon, it has to be 51% corn. And there you go. That's it. And and here we are enjoying it. Mm. And oxygen. So we're trying to, the alcohol is battling the oxygen. They're just trying to. Well, it's a, that's how your body metabolizes Processing, oxygen yeah. or metabolizes uh <laughs> Alcohol, alcohol is through oxygen. It, yes. it, it yeah, and we're it oxidizes. To, we're just trying to hurry that on up. Yeah, oh. let's speed it up so we can be more compelling. Right. Be more compelling. So I uh, I think I forwarded Mr. Man a video of an Italian, an, an Italian bike frame company. Yes, I think that's what it was, and you you were well aware of this company. Oh, absolutely. And I don't remember which one it was. Maybe you remember which one it was. I was think that, it was Cervelo. So super high dollar carbon fiber, and they're bringing the, the story was because all had to do with COVID manufacturing. They're bringing a lot of it back to Italy to do most of the work in Italy. So I'm there. So their technology is like a printed carbon fiber matrix, mm-hmm. so that it really focuses the weave. 
to the specific component or piece of tubing set in the frame mm-hmm. so that the loads it's created is optimized for that weave. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we need less of the material to diffuse that road noise, uh, you know, the the load being carried to spread the load out efficiently and it, yeah. at the most minimal amount it's almost organic i think you were saying um this company does a lot of uh tour de france uh, they really do they do all yeah. they, so they're they're a very long-standing real technology breaking company i mean they did shit with steel that Nobody right. else, not in aerospace, mm-hmm. barely tiptoed into the boundaries that they've pushed with Well, and as we all know, that's where the technology comes from, out of bicycle technology and the Wright brothers, and that's where it came from for controlled power flight. So we really broke the mold, and so I contribute Bill Clinton mm-hmm. as one of the single most important people in bicycle technologies that we enjoy today. All right, I'm waiting on this oh, one. Oh, I can't wait to hear this we, one. I, I really got do. Bourbon and oxygen, so we're okay, ready to go. I've been saying this literally since the night. You know, Bill Clinton's not that old. He's not, but when he was He's in old. power as our czar, okay, uh, he he really reeled in our budget a ton. A lot of these aerospace guys that were oh. on the verge of retirement were like, you know what, I'm out. I, you know, I, 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 I still saying. got enough time left in me to do some creative, fun project stuff. I don't need to make any more money. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys went into cycling because cycling is a very small scale uh, situation that you could push technologies to literally like the edge of what will work mm-hmm. because it's only carrying one single individual mm-hmm. with less than one horsepower being put to these materials. So like they have to, like, just to give an example, when you do a standard category aircraft like those Cirruses down there, they have to be built with a safety factor of like 1.5 or 1.6 maybe even. In other words, there's a, those weigh a lot more than they really have to. Absolutely. Yeah. So when we were starting to like really flirt with like the edge because we had composite technologies, so these guys when they started leaving you know their their jobs and uh you know higher end aerospace stuff they had knowledge that came with them mm-hmm. and they they trickled all that down into like simple bicycle design like the shape of a tubing the material they used in the tubing how the tubing was budded how the tubing uh you know interacted with the f- corresponding piece of tubing that carried its load mm-hmm. we got bicycles that literally were no longer uh, double triangle or diamond shaped frames mm-hmm. we stepped away out of the boundaries far far crazier than what we even use today because a lot of these like you said out of work or early retiring let's say aerospace engineers yes. that had a little bit of composite because knowledge that was the age group of the people that were in retirement in right. retirement like on their way out they're like hey you know what 60 fuck it i'm gonna retire right i i, I want to go do something fun with the last five years of productive work right. that i'm gonna put out right uh and i'm gonna break some ground with it and they did Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys put out product that we will never even want to try to replicate because the amount of liability that we have and, you know, there are our modern verbiage mm-hmm. won't work with what they were doing back in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I mean, groundbreaking engineering happened because it's such small scale. Mm-hmm. They put that bicycle frame that only had literally three tubes and, and two interfaces. They put it on a cycle machine and make it go two million cycles. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll literally come back to this thing in nine months. Right, before anything at all happens, if it does at that point. Even if it does. I think I may have told you there was one of the earlier composite, um, when gliders first started becoming uh, composite, they were in the 50s and early 60s, and then 
a British company, uh, I'll think of it in a second, uh, Slingsby. I think they uh, also kind of semi-copied a German design, but they, they built an all-composite. It wasn't any carbon fiber, but it was all fiberglass. Same kind of structure, but just heavier. It's just a medium. Right. And, um, and they said, we need to find out what the fatigue limits are of this, which they really aren't the same way. You know, metal fatigues, composites really don't the same way, if you even want to call it fatigue. But they... So they built, or they had, or they built a fixture, this big moving full scale for a glider along like a 70-foot yeah. wingspan or 60-foot wingspan. They built this moving big table where it would go up and down and simulate flight. Oscillate it, it, that boom, thing. Boom, 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 and they would just let her, let her run. You know? yeah. And then they would, every 50 hours or 100 hours, they would take it down. They would tech, check some things. It was going really well and really well, and it kept going. So they got a little bit more aggressive with the program, and they, they ramped up the cycles and how aggressive it was because the airplane was not – degrading at all it was going on and yeah. on and on and on all the you know thousands and thousands of hours and then finally one day uh the machine broke that the testing machine failed because <laughs> wow. it, it was steel and it, it had enough it was yeah. also flexing too yeah, for sure. things bend and it, it gave up it had bearings Boom, it, it had broke and the, and the glider kept going so yeah that that's some of my favorite things there's a couple like uh frame test videos out there where they're like oh we're gonna put this carbon fiber version against the aluminum version of it mm. we're gonna use this much weight and they put it through the cycle machine they they put it through load tests oh it finally broke at 1200 mm. gazillion hulks mm-hmm. uh, and then they put the carbon fiber version on there and it goes off that there's not even enough hulks right to make this thing break and they're like okay let's figure out how yeah, we how can light can we? How, how light can we make it? Maybe they would dial down on the and material. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. What does it even take to break this standardized ver- standardized version? Like what we thought we needed, mm-hmm. which was half of the what alloy component yeah. or whatever. And then they start reeling it in back to light and light and light. Before they know it, it's literally like I don't know if I should trust this. Right. This is paper mache like it's so thin. thin. Like I can't even believe this holds us. But carbon fiber, if it's under tension, is is so strong you can use such little material. But you can easily take like a screwdriver Stab and tap it. the side of it, and it shatters just right through it. And they, yeah. they got Alcoa got aluminum to the same situation. Mm-hmm. Easton and Alcoa they pushed aluminum to the point where I could literally take Joe's pin right here right, right. now and just poke through the side of a, a state champion winning downhill bike. So one of the cool experiments you probably haven't seen this, Joe. Maybe you have. I know that probably. Ed has done this or demonstrated. You can take a the thinnest uh, aluminum can, I- empty that's, right. that's not damaged at all, and then stand on it. Yeah. You know, if you're careful, you can stand on it uh, and balance a couple hundred pounds, three hundred pounds, whatever it is, and it's going to hold true compression. Yeah. But then all all it takes is someone on the side of it just to tap it with tap a pencil it, or their finger, and it collapses. It's all carrying. Ju- Packaging to me is fascinating. Absolutely, I know it's a lot of. <laughs> I'm serious, for I'll, real. I go to all, there's so much technology in packaging. I hate. 100%. I hate trash. It is engineered. That is the most engineered but, item we touch. Because it's the least amount of money. True. For for it's got to be shipped. It's got to no, hold get it. weight. It's yeah. got to get got slammed around. Maximum amount of stress through all <laughs> conditions. It's got to make right. it through the wet. It's got to make it 113 floors up a New York apartment. And idiot delivery people throwing them shit around on a thing and for real palletized. It's got to be compressed. Right. I, <laughs> I'm serious. I would love just to go look at packages. Look at that. Look at the lid. How this thing works and how. <laughs> I admire <laughs> what they do with cardboard. I hate trash. We all do. I, I should tell you, you should unwrap a modern bicycle, a high-end bicycle. Yeah. The, the cardboard that comes off that, you could tell somebody spent 
literally oh, for, the, for the packaging, you mean hundreds yeah. of hours in how they cut this cardboard <laughs> so they could use one triple wall thick piece of cardboard that's a half a triangle yeah. folded in 13 ways can hold a ten thousand dollar bike right. the hyper efficiency right. i do i i can appreciate that as well it's brilliant. I, I i can it's brilliance what they are able to pull off through the, the the magnanimous fucking usage of origami and modern cars. But that's why I think it's funny, too, because I remember, I know you've seen this in the news before, where they have, like, aluminum prices go up. Everything goes up and down, all the commodities and all this kind of shit. Oh, aluminum prices have gone up 30%. And, he, you know, and they have, there's usually an article that Coca-Cola and Pepsi have to charge more for their aluminum cans. I'm thinking, and they do. But really, how much sense... Literally, is in the actual aluminum of a Coke can. So I, 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 I got to attest to this. I found a soda can poking out of the side of a wash at the base of the wall of pies riding mm-hmm. my bike one day. I'm like, whoa, this thing's been around for a minute. This is like a you know early '80s, like unit. a steel can or something, or no, a, it was aluminum. aluminum okay. Early '80s aluminum okay. can, you know. And I was like, wow, this thing's like this has been hanging out. Mm-hmm. I can't believe this is stuck out of the side of the wash. Like, how long has this been here? Even? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I know about the age of the can, like mm-hmm. what the, the graphics on it and such. I take it back home and I'm like looking at its modern replica and I'm like, holy shit. Just giving it the like test squeezy, mm-hmm. like the, the size the, of the like hole that you drink out of. The hole yeah. that you drink out of is literally half the size right. yeah. of the hole you drink out of now. Yeah. The shape of the tear tab that yeah. it took, the rivet that the tear tab was holding yeah. was like far and away just a flick. At the top of the can was just like, holy shit, they were wasting a lot of Yeah, and they back. figured out how to really dial it back. They really and were. I, like, I don't know what it is. We can look it up, and maybe I'll do it. It's budded tubing. Right. So, and, and it's so, th- how much does an aluminum can weigh, like a beer can or a soda can now? I, I don't know how many grams. It ain't much. No. But if, but if you double the Nothing. size of aluminum, it probably cost another two or three pennies. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if these numbers are accurate, but what I'm saying is, when you hear the, oh, Coca-Cola prices are going to go up because aluminum's gone up. Okay. Okay, if it costs <laughs> two cents to house that product and right. only one and a half cents to put that product in the two cents housing. Right. But we're going we to have to. And this is why craft beer it kind of led the revolution in canning beer and making canned beer be something elevated above, quote unquote, you know, yellow, fizzy, cheap, shitty domestic beer because it reduces your shipping costs from glass by like forty percent, mm-hmm. so the and then on top of that, and then they are far and away different. Oh, they're than what so they much be. better. Yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. Like I don't know what they're and lining the, them with I nowadays, like the, but it's freaking magic. The other night I had some folks over. Uh, you know, Paul was there, um, and I found a twelve pack. I didn't even know they made these. They're the bottle cans. You ever seen these cans that are shaped like a bottle? Like, like, oh yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not like the tall boys. Not, not it's not like a twelve standard twelve ounce. Twelve ounce. This is a sixteen ounce wide mouth. So imagine a Mickey's wide mouth aluminum. can yeah. made out of aluminum. Yeah, Miller Lite. And it's actually cheaper. It's cheaper by about 15 or 20 cents per can to buy it that way in a 12-pack. Yeah. And they're, they're instead of like 16-ounce tall boys. So they they have a screw-top aluminum lid. I, and like I was like, all right, this is a cool. F- this I is- like that better than Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. I was like, wow, this is, uh, and, this and is some cool it's, tech. Some, it's pretty high number of aluminum the data that is how much it gets recycled. 
Oh, it's, it's, it's the a, highest. It's a big number. Yeah. It is the highest it's of also, all the reusable materials yeah. we have. One of the, the only aluminum. truly reusable, damn near yeah, infinitely. Right? Yeah. yeah, infinitely. And it takes a whole lot of energy to get it out of the ground from bauxite and make it into aluminum in the first place. But once you've got the aluminum, but you and it's I, a whole lot cheaper. So a lot of people don't even know that aluminum used to be worth more per ounce than gold. Than gold, yeah. yeah. When it first came out. Like, you, like I have seen aluminum wedding rings <laughs> because that was the most yeah. expensive yeah. material on the planet. Yeah, yeah. And now it's the most. I think the bauxite one that's the most one of the most uh, abundant uh, minerals or whatever you want to call it. Elements? Is bauxite so, an element? No, it's a mineral. Mineral. Okay, but anyway, it, it's it made really California, prevalent. Arizona, and Nevada rich. Right, right. So yeah, that's amazing. Packaging, Joe. Packaging. Yeah, and we have a folks. lot of aluminum airplanes sitting out there. They're going to get chopped up. So yeah. Joe's got some packaging. Oh, Joe. I like to bring the packaging. <laughs> and he does. Oh, this guy's engineer. Hey, you guys are fucking ridiculous. But speaking of packaging, you can do so much if you go to so little. if you go to Europe, a place probably Mexico is the same way, right? If you go to Europe, they have similar products, but they're all just a little bit different, and the packaging is a little bit different. Oh, vastly. Different. It, it really it's really fascinating, Joe. If you go to the grocery store in Germany and go look at that bottle. My only experience <laughs> is Mexico. Probably and, similar, isn't and it? Similar, very much so. Like. Yeah. If you go to Bash's, you can still get three-liter bottles of Bash's brand stuff, and that is all rebranded Mexican Coca-Cola products. Yes, I'm talking please. full cane sugar, pineapple-flavored soda in a mm. three-liter bottle that has yeah. a wide mouth, just shit like that. Mm. But in Mexico, it's all like one liter. Like the, the, the all the water bottles are like typically they're one liter, one liter, and they're yeah. real tall, like skinny, skinny like neck yeah. on them and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Aluminum cans down there. It, I don't think they they're all like tall boys. Like they're all tall boys, but it, but it's like a liter. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And then they have half liter, but they don't have like oh, I don't have 12 ounce cuz it's, you know, the metric system like metric. Royale with cheese, yeah. you know. Let, we so. measure everything in giraffes, fathoms. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> fucking anything but furlongs per anything fortnight it, like it, it's <laughs> yeah. it doesn't Terrible. make sense. Can we just if it doesn't make sense, we'll measure it that way. Definitely. Yeah. God, and I don't understand it. I've never understood it. Like there, the the early early United States, and, and even before we were the United States, almost everything we did was like a fuck you to the Brits. It really was. Yeah. Like the the reason why How? horse races are run counterclockwise is because the Brits did it clockwise. Because the Brits did it clockwise. You're right. shit. And it, I shit you fucking not, Get sir. I shit you not. You can look that up. That's one of those weird factoids. Oh my god, it's like a. So why are we not on the metric system? Like we should have been on some sort of base ten system. But the medical uh, industry two hundred years ago, right, aren't they? Definitely. And all the way. Beer brewing, like I we. I think most of NASA. This, if they, I'm it's all kilometers. You, and, one of the reasons why I loved bicycles so much. Right. Give metric. It's all metric, number. right? Yeah. Yes, sir. It's like if I, a 10 millimeter wrench isn't quite big enough, probably the 11's going to get it. Yeah. Most likely. And you, rather than figuring out the fractions. Oh. <laughs> and so I, I single. I don't like fractions. I single handedly have to insist that fractions are the number one reasons why we suck at math in North America. Could be. I was my promised. man. Joe's the poster I boy. I was that, promised yeah. as a kid, hey, don't worry about the this. metric system. When is you coming. get to college, you're gonna get, or when you get to high school, you're gonna get the metric system, and we're just gonna I move the this, decimal yeah. point over to the right or to the left, and everything will actually It'll make sense. sense. All in tens and things. Uh, did yes. You, when, I know your your son went to uh, U of A. Yes, sir. Um, did you ever go down Interstate 19 south of I-10? I have. Have you? And you've seen that that, that was a that was a test On bed kilometers. It was yeah. test bed for going switching over the metric system. Reagan did that like May 82 or something like that. Will. May I please? Will yeah. please? Please can we? Will Nancy? Will Will. Um, the uh, so yeah, it makes we 
I'm sure we spoke about this before when you were on, but it's like, you know, a, a cubic centimeter weighs of water weighs a gram. And a thousand of those is a kilogram. Holy shit. Our kids right. would literally, right. like, skip math. Freezes at zero. Completely. Boils at 100. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but that's not metric. No, no. 212 and a that's quarter true. degrees. That's true. Celsius is not metric, technically. But, yes, it is, a, it is easier to understand. Yes. Yeah. I will throw that out there. Now, now, Ed, it's amazing you bring up the fractions thing because, like all things, I have a story. I uh, love to hear it. I was in fourth grade. I don't believe it happened. We were yeah. learning Are fractions, sure? and I struggled with fractions. I still struggle with fractions, which is why I measure. If I measure anything, like in my house, or if I'm built trying to trying to like just hanging, just hanging drapes and like putting up a uh, curtain rod. I don't fuck with this five sixteen. Fuck, fuck this metric. Yeah, and I do it in metric, right? So, uh, when I was in fourth grade, I struggled with fractions uh, the entire year. Ended up getting a tutor for part of the summer to learn fractions, just to get up to the, up to par for fifth grade. I get to fifth grade. Within a few weeks, we start learning decimals, and I remember being told, "Oh, decimals are just a different way of looking at fractions." And then I realized decimals made so much more sense. I love I, the converting I, to a decimal. I fucking Thank you. shut down, Ed. My yes. mom had to pick me up from school. I had like a yes. mental fucking breakdown. I'm, I'm right there because with Because I, I wasted a third of my goddamn summer learning fractions, and they're like, oh, yeah, they don't really matter. They're stupid. What the? F- I was so fucking mad. Point six seven yeah. eight five. Yeah, no shit. Good Lord. Like, it just makes sense. Now, I'm still not great That's at math. That's where we but... started building trust issues. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> yeah. It's simple yes. things like, true. like Yeah, no shit. System. That's a fucking great point. You're probably right. Legitimately. That's Oh man, I apologize to all of my ex-girlfriends uh for my trust issues because they all started with fractions. Literally my five <laughs> CMs were alive from the start. It's ridiculous. Now I'll tell you like when uh brewing, brewing beer, the whole the entire beer industry not the entire <laughs> uh most of it, like the process of making beer is all uh it's it it's all metric. Sure. Like even our um when do you guys make it it's measuring it's metric. Yes. Okay, so does like, that does are you saying that's what it, the whole microbrew industry like is our, the same way? For the most part, okay. except when you start buying raw ingredients. Oh. So hops are, you know, pounds and ounces. Oh, it's dumb. It's like half ounce, 1 ounce, 16 ounce, which is, you know, that's a pound. Uh or 44 pounds packages, right? Uh grain Not is millions? still 50 huh? No. <laughs> It's uh, and then uh, grain is fifty pound bags because that's the industry standard because most of the grain that we get comes from here in the states because we love subsidies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, uh, but when we're making beer, like we have a pump that ca- a pump counter um, coming out, you know, out of the wall unit, uh, the heater, water heater, we have a pump that's all in liters. So we have to do liters, and then we'll do liters of water, pounds of grain, pounds of hops. God damn it. It's such a mixture and it, so may, it fucking hurts dry, my fucking brain. Wet, metric and imperial. It's so <laughs> confusing sometimes, but then you get used to it. And then you take a step back and go, this is fucking ridiculous. Yes. What's what I find is uh, hilarious is that when you buy grain from say the UK, like Maris Otter, that's a British two-row variety of of uh barley, right? It's delicious, right? Stay, just to eat it raw, not even hot, just right out of the bag. It tastes almost like hazelnut, like roasted hazelnuts. Ooh, it's delicious. You got makes me. Just sound makes wonderful. great you got fucking me. beers. Yeah, you yeah. got me. So, 
when we buy you that, put it in yogurt or something like that. You ab- no, you absolutely could, and it would, you would be incredible. Yeah. So uh, that's sold in fifty pound bags, straight out of the UK. They 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 have their own bags that ship to the, the United States. You hmm. are kidding. I'm not even kidding. I I'm surprised that they they kowtow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because it should be like what 140 kilos or something like that or whatever the fuck it is. And I'm like. I can't believe they do this. But uh, again, like it's confusing because well, it's confusing at first until you just kind of get used to it. You're like, okay, it's 400 liters for a, a batch of beer of water added to this many pounds of grain and how many pounds of hops we're going to add and you're like, what the fuck? Well, the confusing part really is because we we all want to convert it like, okay, but how how long is that? How much is a liter compared to a gallon? No, right. if we're just to stop comparing, which is hard to do. Just don't compare it. Just Say just it. do it. Just remember and, it. And do it. As like know? another unit of measurement, which like, you know, inches, feet, yards, miles. Right. Fathoms. Right. <laughs> Multiply it by 20. And I still don't. Point four. I, but, I still but don't still, understand like linear feet versus regular feet. And um, God damn it. There's another one. There's another unit of measurement that makes like chain. The chain, like X amount of chains, like how many links to such and such. Well, like it's a, a first that's a standard. Yeah, right. Exactly. That kind of shit. Right. It's like, what? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Dude, we're not playing rugby right here. We're trying to measure out carpet. <laughs> what, what's re- what's really lovely, though, like an engineering drawings from, from Germany where they have the, these aircraft drawings, and it's all like the scale maybe one to one or ten to one or a hundred to one, whatever. Well, thank you, because you can actually put a, 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 a scale on yeah, there. A caliper. Yeah, and you know that it's this is ten to one or whatever it is, so this ten millimeters equals... Ten centimeters I'm gonna in real life. Decimal point over one right. digit. It's like if this is a, a fifty. I like how you just fucked up the metric system, hundred percent. What you said? Ten millimeters is ten centimeters, and I'm like, he no, fucked no, up the metric no, system. No, what I mean in real life, that's how big the object would be if, if it were. Oh, I see what you mean. Right, right. Mm, I thought you took the world's no. most simplified unit of measurement. And no, I mean up. if it's okay. ten to one, or if say it's hundred to one. We're doing the scale. You know, one one centimeter equals hundred of those is is one meter. Right. If you were to have that, but you lead to millimeters, the drawings are on millimeters. In fact, they'll even do, that's how, like even a wingspan of a glider that's 15 meter wingspan, that's a standard thing. They'll have it in millimeters. That's how, they'll just I'm say totally this is this gonna, many millimeters. Yes. You know? I'm totally going to bring you this ruler I have, my, I have at my house that belongs mm. on like a drafting table. Mm. And it's got all these perforations through it. I mean, I'd, I don't even know how they got perforations this small because this is an old tool. Mm-hmm. And it like has one 387th. I don't even know. It's of an got inch s- or something? Yeah, to, to figure out scale ratios. Oh, my God. And this thing is like, the, the amount of like little lines and numbers and holes on this thing is, right. how is this even usable? Right. How could someone even use this? But uh, you know, Because you have to really go to school on that instrument to, even understand. to learn the instrument. Yeah. I have a slide rule that has I was just gonna so bring that up. freaking thick. Mm-hmm. It has so many log. <laughs> I don't even know. It has so much function. Ed, right. Ed, you're the only person I've it. ever met that actually owns a slide rule. It's handy like my grandfather had issues. one. I'm sure, but I never saw it. You busted out of your house years ago when I was over there, and so I was it like, is "That's good a for like conversions and and like, I don't even know. It's gear ratios. I mean, it's it's got its own quadratic." Formulation. I don't even know if I got the words correction. Quadratic could be quadratic. Quadratic formulations, right? That are like kind of generic and just fit things. 
Uh, my grandpa wow. used to play with them a lot. Like, oh, I've just got home from work. I'm kind of stressed out. I'm going to do four pages of the theory of elasticity. <laughs> just kind of bring what myself down for some dinner. <laughs> So like, and I now just go to the dispensary. Was your grandpa Will Hunting? I, he was just, I don't know. Jesus, I, he just had like dealt with so many numbers. He's like, I need numbers even bigger than what I dealt with today. I just, just make those numbers just like seem petty to me. Right. He wanted to kind of flush it out that yeah. way. It was like a, yeah. it was like the brand of his brain. He's like, oh shit, I've been smoking <laughs> weed all day. Let's do some heroin. We got to get all that stuff like to be petty. <laughs> Time to ramp it up. Yeah. We got to kick it up a notch and put some <laughs> strawberries awesome. in the jalapeno jelly. But it is, it's like, it's like all the, um, like the foam cores or the, or the, 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 the thicknesses of the carbon fiber when you use a caliper on there. But if, if you buy it from Europe, it's just, it's all simple. Like it's four millimeter core or five millimeter core or whatever it is. You just, it's, you don't have to really worry more about standardized it. standardized and easy to utilize. Yeah. So you're worrying more about how you're going to do the repair or make the part than you are, oh, my God, how many is this? Or is that thick enough? Or we're going to... Fractional gains. Right. And they also have, uh, you probably appreciate this, when you have, um, we had a friend of ours who makes these beautiful glider trailers out here, came to the States and wanted to modify one for him or for me or something. He's, well, let's go to your steel supply place and, and get some telescoping tubing, which you, you can buy. But in Europe, he explained to me that you can buy any wall thickness in millimeters and any diameter of tube in millimeters or half millimeter sizes, and you can get it to all tells. Like you can, you can get and it, it co-joins. Yes, between too. all like, of it does. I, like McCaster Car. I'm like we're going through right. all these different catalogs and reading all these IDs and ODs because I, I have you know I have my own little wizard guru out there that right. I hide under the desk. And I'll, I'll put him to work on some of this stuff. And he's still like, hey, man, you got a differential that's probably going to make this bind. Right, exactly. I'm like, Fuck. So, so you, if you needed, you needed the outside diameter for whatever reason on this trailer to do, it doesn't matter what it is. You need it to be you know, 20 millimeters or 25 millimeters, and you want it to be a one millimeter wall thickness or whatever it is. You knew that you could get a telescoping tube that would fit exactly inside it and slide or on the outside of it. It, it exists. We're like immediately penalized. Over yes. It. We're like, no, 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 no. We live in the, the, the 128th of fractions. You got to use like, this size or get a special mandrel and make the fucking you gotta thing work. You got to machine it down just a little just bit. Just to make it work. And this way you just buy it off the shelf. It's gross. Thing. Well, it's how come gross. Hitler didn't win the World War II now? How come they had all this stuff already to go? What was the problem with that? <laughs> Jesus I'm Christ. Just, <laughs> I, I still can't comprehend. <laughs> exactly. No Nintendo English. It was the I, industrial power we had. That's what it was. But anyway. I... I <laughs> I'm just loving being a spectator in this conversation. Um, uh, this is Joe, by the way. I am still here. Have you ever had to buy a seven millimeter bolt? Uh, where the shank diameter is seven millimeters? I guess what you're saying. So, Asking the right question. So on aircraft out here, mostly there go is like there's six or eight, but seven millimeters are rare. Seven millimeter. It's rare. No, I, I don't think I would. Very I, would unusual. I would say no. Yes. I can only find one on the fucking planet. I, I it would. belonged on a brake caliper to a Mercedes Benz. There's like <laughs> of course no it did. things that because I'll take American because, stuff. Because because six millimeters it. too small and eight is too big, so we mm. must make a seven millimeter. Seven is seven. the right uh, measurement for the Mercedes. <laughs> for the exact for the threads per inch. Right. Per, per, <laughs> Millimeter. Millimeters. Oh, yeah, one millimeter pinch, 1.25 millimeter yes. pinch. All these pitches, pitches are the. Hey, wait sense. till someone busts out a point eight. You're like, what the fuck is point eight? Right. Oh, that's American conversion because they kind of sort of cross reference. So if Just I were to have a three stooges you in the eyes, if so I were to hard. ever be involved in a mass shooting, that would be the reason why I finally lost my shit over a conversion or some stupid engineering thing. It would be because of that. Yeah, <laughs> right. it would be way up there. Uh, <laughs> 
Ed, I hope you never have to work on your uh, Ford Maverick because I'm sure it's going to be a mix, 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 mix. Yeah. Because it, or my, have they gone automatric now? Have they done it, or it not? Is, it is a global platform, so it is almost nearly all metrics. metrics. That's and what, the most beautiful of metrics. Yeah. 12 points, torques, mm-hmm. 6 point, mm-hmm. like things that supersede English, Imperial, and metric. Because we have three. What about Wentworth? What's wrong with Wentworth uh, measurements? Yeah, what's really wrong with that? Because, I mean, it really <laughs> splits the hairs and dynamics. That fucking asshole came the along. Most of the problems. I don't even know what that is. That's a guy that came along with his own bolt sizes and shit. What, so, like like the Esperanto of bolts? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a it's, pentagram. It's Wentworth. If you just look up Wentworth fasteners or something, it's like he had his own I don't need shit. that extra stress. I already have trouble with fractions. I think he was English. I think he. I think. Oh, you think his name Wentworth? Yes, of course. But I think it's the Wentworth bolts and faster. You had to buy Wentworth. There were certain vehicles I think that were made, probably in days of yore in England, uh, were probably Wentworth fasteners. There's been a struggle for the standardization for a fastener since the very first slot screw. Right. Right. The exactly. brass hand carved out slot sure. screw. It's been a problem ever since. Cavemen went to war whoa, 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 over whoa, whoa, this. We need a Phillips number one. It's Whitworth. Oh, Whitworth. I'm sorry. Not Wentworth. Whitworth. What does it say about Imperial it? Imperial Unit Base Screw Thread Standard devised and specified by Joseph Whitworth in 1841. <laughs> there you go. And later adopted as a British standard. It's a flat it head screw. world's first national screw thread standard. <laughs> yes. But then, of course, there's metric next door, you know, across the channel. And then there's English or American SAE. Which is us now still with a lot of stuff. SAE. Just even the SAE part. Just like kind of like, uh, it, it, it just gets me fired up to like, let me find an equivalent. Right. This is made in USA. It's oh, SAE style. Ugh, I just start getting all kinds of pissed off. Oh, this thing's going to become a seven millimeter today. But I, but today I, it's going to become seven millimeter. Oh, I can't find a seven millimeter bolt to save my life. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm contracting a dude in Canada to make one of these seven millimeter bolts out of titanium for thirty dollars. Right, right. Because that's get the this only done. dude that'll take up your cause. He's like, boy, this guy's stupid. I'll get him good on this. <laughs> uh, he hit me for a most expensive bolts. I would like to actually work in a, uh, I, which I did, but I want to now with my mindset work in a uh, um, German or European aircraft company and learn about their fat in metric fasteners because. This is a side spin from what we're talking about, but the the American, I guess it would be American, or whatever you want to call it, the uh, the the NAS or or MS or or uh, uh, AN fasteners. It's straight up AN. Yeah. Yeah, they're superior to anything else I can find in Europe. Well, because as far the, as the quality goes, the the, the way that they're cut because they're cold rolled, blah blah blah, not right. necessarily even cut. They're, they're usually right. cold rolled, and the thread pitch is mm. actually better. It is. It, it is. is. You yeah. get more engagement when you yep. lock them together, and then you set them to torque. Yep. The way they, I'm holding up my fingers together. And they're super. I mean, the the tensile strengths and all the and the and all this stuff is extremely, like there's a bunch of other superior. Yeah, there's other European, and I love their designs. I love the metric system, all that stuff. But they're fat. I'm telling you, their fasteners, I think, are lagging behind ours as far as that goes. I don't know why. Joe's going. Why in the fuck did we agree to do this? Let me hold I'm my just loving up. this because <laughs> right See the I can tell you right now how the threads hold each other. Right. So you guys might think that this right is here. boring for other people to listen to, but I can tell you right now there's a there's a strong strong contingent of people that get really turned on 
listening to people talk about something they're passionate about, even if they don't know what the hell those people are talking but you, about. If you go to the grade eight bolts in a hardware store and then you go to the, the AN hardware, whatever, I mean, they're yeah. still way the fuck better. Oh, it's, that you can't, you can level, almost like can't. Literally twice as much tensile torque can be applied. It's incredible that how strong literally this shit is. Literally two times as much. Paul, do you Gasoline remember? Gasoline engine versus diesel engine amount of pressures. Yeah. Do you remember fixing my uh, faulty seat in my truck a few yeah. years ago? I don't know if it the, kept breaking or, or you broke. It broke that. once, okay. and it, I was like, I need to figure out how to fix it. And we pulled it out, and, uh, and you're like, oh, it's just this one bolt that failed. Uh, and then you went over and found a, an equivalent a, aircraft-grade bolt. And, and, uh, and, yeah. and, bolt yeah. and it lasted yeah. well, it's the, lasting four yeah. years or something like that, three years, until I put new seats in, in the thing. Joe, get the oh, that's right. I forgot I got new seats seconds. in there. That's right. Yeah. But it'll fail again because it, it that's in sheer. I'm telling you, AN bolts... They're incredibly strong, you know. And they the really same. are. Yeah. And, and the torque load that they could actually freaking hold for yeah. how small the fastener is. It, it kind of is mind-boggling. It's like this impressive. is kind of Probably all started in 1947 when Roswell incident happened. Guaranteed got, AN fittings, like AN bolts. <laughs> that technology came from an alien spacecraft that's where the that crash landed in 1947. And, <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely. That 1947 is a year that we hold dear, uh, near and dear on this podcast. We went on a deep dive several years ago about right. it and the amount of things that happened just after the Roswell crash in New Mexico. When Jaeger broke the sound barrier. October. Yeah, Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier that October. Um, microprocessors. Yeah, the, well, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, what's the, uh, the, the grandparent of the microprocessor, the, uh, God damn it. Vacuum, vacuum tubes. Vacuum tube? No, no, after the vacuum tube, before microprocessors. Like, in between, transistors. Transistors, The transistor, yeah. transistor. 1947, right in there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's all happened after Roswell. Ooh. There's a ton of shit, and then any t- time I ever see anything technologically a little bit, like a, a little technological jump or like a cultural jump, mm. and it's 1947, I'll text him and go, look, 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 look what else happened. Yet another thing. Here we are. Yet another thing. <laughs> Keep tabs. All right, so Ed, come see the spokesman. Yeah, go go to the spokesman. What's the actual address of your shop? Uh, it is one eleven second North Second Street. So in between Beale Street and Andy Devine. You know what the best downtown? Pa- one of the best parts about that is I realized that my street is on the improvements. Oh, it is. Yeah, on that new downtown. So oh, nice. I, when I yeah. moved in there, like a couple months later, like the first time I moved in there, a couple months later, like it was like presented the whole site plan and all the mm-hmm. diagrams and project, mm-hmm. how the project was going to lay out, and I was like, "Woohoo! This is amazing! I live on that street. Right? There's going to be like shade and sidewalks and mm-hmm. easy to cross the street, like right. big, giant, like." Happy. They're also putting like uh, there's more bump outs for yeah for tables yeah, for on on Beal yeah Beal excuse me and those are kind of kind of extend out a few of them to slow down traffic. I really uh-huh. love those guys that. come hauling ass hey, through there it's yeah. around on Second Street right there. That was like a straight up drift corner because you're either going uphill or downhill, so mm. you could really practice how you were coming around that corner hot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a couple kids that used to screw up right. a pair of Z boys. They used oh, to come man. around that shit like they owned it and stuff. And right. I was like, hey, if I got to go home and get 1959 Helga, both you boys are going to be unsatisfied. Oh, Jesus Christ. That, that would be hilarious. Because you should drift Helga. Be, I want to yeah. both be hurt with my NASCAR slick rear tires just coming around that shit. So, again, what's the address? It's uh, uh, 111. 111 North 2nd Street. And it's going to be like in your opening. You're going to have a grand reopening. <laughs> so I was debating that. I was like, you know, should I get some like vegan buffalo and some 
corn dogs and like you know. sure corn. I'll be there with corn dogs. Yeah, yeah corn who doesn't dog. like Always. a corn dog? Right. If you don't like corn dogs, then fuck you, dude. Corn dogs, fuck. But you should. Uh, they fuck. Corn dogs, fuck. <laughs> you should. <laughs> you should let us know when you're if you're gonna have kind of a thing because I I know it's been different times. I've gone in there at certain times of a day or a certain day of the week when you you might get a hand of a beer. Absolutely. For example, yes, 100%. That, that does that does happen in there and. It does. Uh, but I have a I have an idea or a thought, and I, I think you've probably already done this. But um, in the hopes of keeping you, first of all, my bike needs to be tuned up. So I like to throw you that when you get moved in there at your new place, and you can tune it up. That old that thing that I drove. Are, are to, you going to do a to Seligman for some pie in back ride on it? Oh hell yeah! No, not Seligman. Probably no. I did the I did the uh, uh, Valley, Valley uh, Vista and back. Valley Vista and back. You fucking crazy person! <laughs> it blew my mind. I was like, wait, are uh, you on what? this thing? That's yeah. like if somebody told me, like, yeah, I'm, on, I'm, I'm going to Miami this weekend. Really? Are you flying down there? No, I'm driving my Model A. No, I'm taking a Pinto. Yeah. I think I may have told you, but I couldn't, I, I made it all the way to the, whatever that convenience store is that's down the there. Outpost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and those guys should have better things for bicyclists. Like electrolytes and shit. Yeah, they should. They don't really have, they just have uh, garbage not, shit. Not very many people are like, oh, you know what, today I, I haven't <laughs> rode a bike in a long time. Let me go ahead and throw down an almost metric century. <laughs> that's exactly what you did. <laughs> Yeah, but I tell you what I did do. I didn't. I made it all the way there. But before I got there, I went. I ran out of water. I brought plenty of water. But Shocker. I, I, yeah, I stopped it. There was a church there. I think we talked about this. And I had there was a. I saw a spigot and I went. I'm in there. Boom! And I opened that fucker up and doused myself and drank a bunch of water. It was another mile or so to go to the or somewhere around there to go to that convenience store. You you do extreme shit that's not would never be on the X Games. <laughs> Like it's just as extreme and just as potentially deadly, but it's more like on the verge of like. Dumb. Okay, because I'm like on, dumb. I'm on, you know, I'm on I... Boomer Gen X or I'm the Boomer Gen X Extreme. Yeah, you don't games. know. Yeah, you're on the you're on the edge. Like you could be fucking Tony Hawk, but you're kind of like Greg the, Lamont. The wildest like part like, to yeah. me about that is like I'm willing to run up and risk a 10 second dry calcium blow into my mouth on this exterior faucet on a church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is kind of extreme. I'm, that it, is a little bit in Valley yeah. Vista. It's extreme like drinking games. the water in Mexico. Let, let me have some arsenic and, and <laughs> calcified hard water deposit. I, that's what, what, I've never been the same since, have I, Joe? No, you haven't. I always <laughs> thought it was COVID brain. Turns out it was just when right. you made that bike ride. <laughs> Crazy person. Okay, but here's my thought, and I'm and I'm dead serious about this. And you probably already done things similar to this to keep you going, or to, like when you had your store there or your store here. I mean, did you did you have plenty of work to keep you busy? Like you were always behind the curve. Like, oh my god, all these bicycles. Or sometimes you were busy, and sometimes you weren't. I, I was pretty regulated about things because I have like little weird trippy side projects that I'll mm -hmm. help somebody. Hey, can you help me figure out how to do a door popper for a Model T that lives inside? And I push on the mirror, right? And the mirror activates actually opening the so you'll door. You'll do other if it's unlocked. That's cool. You know, like projects. just weird like because I know so many stupid fasteners mm -hmm. and mechanical principles because bikes are, I don't know, 200 years old. Right. And, and it, we've done it all from like solid rods to activate our brakes mm -hmm. all the way up on to airlines and hydraulic fluids. And mm -hmm. we're flirting around with Wi-Fi braking these days. Nice. So, you know, I, I kind of had to, by default, learn a little bit of each one of these technologies to mm -hmm. have an understanding of what I might be up against when someone carries in one of 200 years worth right. of bikes. All right, so I'm not putting it on the spot, but we have to probably talk about this off the air some too, but I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you know, kids need bikes, and uh, there are people out there that probably can't afford a, a, a reasonable enough bike, but there's used bikes out there. Sure. But, but you, have t you have limited time, 
and if you're doing, I mean, you already do enough for the community. And by the way, come to the cellar door this Thursday at seven o'clock, seven thirty. Uh, Kingman Main Street, my group is having kind of a uh, a a, a membership drive. But we're also recognizing people within the community who do for the community outside of their normal work. And Ed has been selected as one of those. I'm not worthy. The receivers of this. Yeah, he is. I'm not worthy. So we're going to be honoring Ed and a handful of the people that do things in addition to what they normally do to help the community out. I'm not worthy. So please come to the cellar door this Thursday, which is the day after tomorrow, If whenever this – yeah, right? Is that right? Nope, tomorrow. Tomorrow, thank For you. For when this drops. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, this week. So um, the question is – Thursday the 16th. Thank you. Does that sound familiar to you at all, Paul? No, my birthday is tomorrow, actually. Yes. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So wish Paul happy birthday yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. 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 No, don't do that. Please um, don't. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, please. Yeah, whatever. That's a Paul Arnold Gaines. Is there a situation that <laughs> fuck you? <laughs> is there a situation where someone could, let's say, find or donate a bike, or they're moving, or it's a garage sale and it's really cheap, but it needs a little bit of work, but not like magic work. And I know that some bikes are like you can buy a Walmart bike for really not much money now. Is that right? How much? Yeah, can you, I mean, you can for get a kid's a, bike. What can you get? So a, a kid's like one. Speed. Well, not a. No, I'm sorry. Like a. Uh, twelve-year-old person's bike. Okay, let's let's just say an almost average human size. Okay, bike. yeah. Uh, eighty-five dollars. Holy cow! How do they which even is, do this? Which is a lot more money than some people can handle and for their kids. They uh, want you to build that bike within seven to thirteen minutes and make sure it's safe. Oh, that's what the protection is back that, in. That's what Walmart. That's what the contractor for Walmart will give you to build that bike safely. Out of box, unboxed, oh, built, so, ready to ride in seven. So who builds those bikes then? Now, now I'm going off on a tangent. They're who? a contractor. Oh, the ones that they they're, show up. They show up built. They're a roaming gnome. No, they show up in boxes. Okay. And the roaming gnomes show up in the springtime or whenever they get to delivery. They follow the delivery cycle and they build those bikes in seven to thirteen minutes. This is one of my life's goals. Please take your Walmart bike and have someone who knows what they're doing touch it. Okay. Please let them. So do you're saying it's bike. put together like a Yugo. Okay. Now I'm less learning than, something. Are you saying less than a bowl of Cheerios? Okay, amount of effort. So you're this is a good. This is a because we, we are it's a, the highest safety issue we had in two. We are a big Walmart town because I mean we, we have yes. a, a broad people rural need life affordable bikes and yes. that's the way it is. 100%. Okay. So um. Are you saying that this Walmart, as an example, gets a bunch of bikes delivered, unassembled, and somebody or some crew comes in at the right time yes. after the delivery, assembles them probably behind the, I mean, in the warehouse yes. or something? Yes. And it, then they put them on display. I'm shaking my head up and down. Yes. 100%. Okay. They get seven to 13 minutes. Seven That's minutes for a 12 inch bike that they kick the handlebars around in a circle, air the tires up. Kind of tighten it up and throw it on the rack. They don't even care if it's tight. Welcome. All the way up to a 29-inch mountain bike that's supposed to shift 21 gears with disc brakes. Welcome to capitalism. 100%. <laughs> so. It's going to drive your choices. Okay. So, But it, I just really, I don't even care. I just want bikes to be safe. Correct. Because I, uh, you wear that Walmart this is where bike I'm getting to. two months, you get to come see me. This is You're why like, br- Ed, I want a used bike that's worth a shit. This is why I'm bringing this up. There are, there are obviously people in this town that need to have their kids exercise and go out there and have their bikes maintained or if they find a nice one. Is there a situation where you've probably done this, but... Me, as a person, would like to contribute to this because you're already putting time into it, but you should be paid to tune up a bike properly. You shouldn't be having a bunch of kids' bikes or people that can't really afford it. So so here's my, my point. Is there a situation that can be created or made where someone donates a bike that needs a little bit of work 
and uh, this can go into a, a person's home or a family. Yes, that needs it. absolutely. And, and I could be a sponsor, but a quiet sponsor. Now, now I'm a quiet what sponsor. What about like a? I have a, given a, away more bikes than I've ever sold. Okay, but but you've put time into it that you haven't gotten paid for. But minutes. It literally Understand. takes minutes. But if to someone make like me or someone equipment. else would be willing to like, it almost be like a thing where to say, "Hey, I, I, I'd be willing to pay for you to tune up these bikes." There is without a modified people really co-op knowing. version of this. So, like in cities, we have a co-op for this, and this is something that I consider turning my shop into as a nonprofit co-op because I already live by nonprofit. I don't even give a shit Understand. about that part. But I, I don't want to load you with a bunch of free. Hey, Ed, you should do this. You should work on these bikes for free and help these kids have nice, safe bikes. Rather than expecting you to do, because you got bills to pay, but I, I Can don't I throw out a please suggestion. You know what I'm getting at with this? Why not just have like a little slush fund, a, a community bike repair fund, where people so just I, throw like I am that guy. Hey, I've got a, I've got yeah, a, but you, that's not no, we. No, no, we're not talking about you. We as, don't want you to do this. No, we're talking about want you do the work. Money that gets just gets thrown into like a donation jar. To pay for putting slime in kids' tires, right, right. so that a, a when they, you know, and so things like that. Okay, so there you lock into. Okay, look into that's what I'm talking about. Okay, and so the co-op gets a little bit more complicated because of the you know C three five hundred one designation. I, I I played with it a little bit when we brought in the nonprofit mountain bike organization that we have here locally. Um, so it the the reporting, the minutes, and the funding on that get kind of complicated yeah they do and, and when it's we're talking about a single individual a nano business i can't be all those people because that's shady as f I, I will be for sure audited and run through the ringer every time right you can't have a real business. legit business do that at the same time it's it, it kind of overlaps and intersects yeah, you can't so really I like have this to is have why a you non-profit just, board. that's why you should have a no a pay it forward pedal it forward pedal it forward board that's brilliant there you I go that Here's the pedal it forward. Pedal it forward. I love Could that. Could be ten, but we're doing this and doing people's names up there, and they could donate ten bucks, five bucks, whatever it is yeah. like that. And then you yeah, can take yeah. it's your so money. I should make some coupons that live there on the you counter. Go. Someone could grab a there pedal you it go. forward. It's your five dollar coupon. Right. I'm but gonna it pays buy you to properly oh, tune that. the bike, yeah, so you can stay idea. in business and we can get kids and safe bikes. Yeah, pedal it Joe, forward. Joe, what do you that think? That is a really good idea. I think not only is it a good idea, it's a great name. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, there you go. Dude, yeah. You really Pedal let's do this. Are we gonna do this? Are you gonna commit to me right now? We're gonna do this somehow. I'm all about. I don't want you to do it for free. Okay, I want folks. people that can afford this to help the kids yes, out in the exactly. community. That's the best slogan yet. I mean, I've been through all kinds of bicycle organizations, conventions. I mean, the world's largest bicycle grouping ever happened in Las you Vegas. You could actually That's start really this trend. Good. You could start this trend nationwide. It could That's be a better than people for bikes. People for bikes. I, I fucking love people for bikes. I used to put their sticker on everything and promote pedal it them forward. To, the, to the biggest... Pedal it forward's even better. It could be a. Oh, that's let's, so good. Should we reserve that now for Ed on the Facebook wow. and everything else? And we just <laughs> pedal before it, it drops? forward. Yes. Man, that's what do you think? I don't know. But that's what I want. Uh, I don't want you to do it for free. You already do it for community. Really you need to be paid to keep the you pay your bills and, and, and we get kids and safe bikes. A safe bikes. That's what that's, I'm saying. That's all I care. Safe bikes. Because that's safe right. bikes equal usage. We're going to do it, right? For every seven minutes, Joe rides his bike around Kansas neighborhood. He's literally adding one hour of life. To the end of his life. Correct. And people are seeing more Seven stuff. You're minutes. enjoying. I was, ta- I was taking hour. 14 minutes off of my life riding downtown because of all the hills. Oh, that shit's that extreme. Was, and what's yeah. my favorite Pink Floyd song, Time, one of the lines, 
all you touch and all you see is all your life will ever be. Well, and you can be. see more yes. when you're riding a bike. You really can. Because you, you, when you're riding a bike, you live on um, you know, your, your uh, peripheral vision. Yeah. And peripheral vision is like breathing. We don't process that. Mm. That happens on a subconscious level. That's mm. why riding a bicycle is so medicinal. Because you get a moment to step out of reality because you're body and your breathing can autonomously carry you forward your brain can read bumps in the road and the balance and the factors that keep you upright and moving forward it's a magic machine it really is magic on mm. the how we use it mm. that's why you know that's why i kind of call bullshit that cavemen didn't accidentally knock two round rocks right together down a hill and be like oh i'm gonna try <laughs> You know, and just give that shit a go. I still can't took a believe while. that bicycle was new in, you know, 18. It, it took a while. Whatever. Yeah, it did. It, it's wild to me. All right, so there you go. All right, do we have anything else, Paul? I think that's I do. it. I oh, do. you do? I do, I do, it I do. Does. Oh, okay. I want to know. I asked, and I didn't get an answer. We, oh. st- we went way off into the deep end. What was the one thing that you enjoyed or benefited through the whole like uh hey everybody take a seat and take five through oh the whole covid thing what did i enjoy i I got one but it's like it's like oh that's makes sense with paul my mine's pretty what did you do what what activity did you take up not not bacon bread man i don't want to give no no shit i didn't really take up any i want to know that something that you felt was like wow i'm actually glad i i have suffered through that amount of time I can't yeah. think of anything extremely new that I did, but I really enjoyed, like sometimes there was, there was almost, this sounds weird and almost negative in a way, but it's, it's, that's not what I mean. There's almost like a pressure that you need to go out on the weekends and you have to socialize and see people. I didn't mind not doing it sometimes. Like I, I just care about something that enriched you. Right. Not going right. to see people and you taking right. a moment love, to be like, whoa, I got a moment to myself right now. I right. don't even have to go help nobody or consider And it sounds terrible. Else. It sounds terrible. It's not terrible. I have two things. Okay, Joe's now he thought of it. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, I got back into uh, dosing with mushrooms. Uh, I, read, I, I know. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Incredibly therapeutic. But like yeah, in a, it is. But in a yes, therapeutic manner. Everybody center, should like, do this. Yes. Dabble a little bit. It Everybody. Really should. It should be like and something. Congress should do yes. it. All of them. Yes. Yes. Maybe against their will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I got back into doing therapeutic doses like to where I like kept a journal, wrote down some things I was struggling with, some ideas I wanted to flesh out or things like that. And then you meditate on that while you're, yeah, yeah. While you're tripping. Like, but, Tiny slices. But then the other one was just my the little thing, one of those little things I just took great enjoyment in because uh, I was one of those people that did, you know, uh, my job didn't go away. My job got worse because sure. I worked in healthcare. Oh, got it. Yeah, it did. Uh, and so uh, traffic. I can make it from downtown Kingman to KRMC on surface streets in about six minutes. I was going to say seven minutes from my house to the shop. Yeah. It only took uh, me seven yeah. minutes. There's nothing. Thing. There was no fucking traffic for like two months. It was incredible. Yes. Incredible. I it th- was what, pretty live. What I was going to do, which I didn't do, I did a little bit, but not m- as near as much as I thought I was going to do, was uh, like hike the Hualapais more. Like go up there and just be up there. Because if I couldn't do anything, exercise. What did you do, Ed? Was there something that you... So, so I worked on bicycles, believe it or not. Sure. Because everybody wanted to go ride their bike. It was oh, one yeah, of the yeah. things that you could actually go do, which gave us the bicycle boom off the charts, like higher off the charts than we ever kept quantifiable statistics but then the double-edged sword is and now it's like so far through the basement (laughs) it's like down it's like fake (laughs) so the one thing that myself and my wife really enjoyed throughout this time because you know like there there was she was like hey you know what i i got x amount of days off whatever 
So we started enjoying uh, a pod, not a podcast, pardon me. He does do a podcast. It's a YouTube channel and it's called Time Ghosts. And I don't know why we're such nerds about history and stuff. We, we like to like dissect history a little bit at a time. And one of these fellas, he's called Time Ghosts. And it was the day-by-day interaction through society through World War One to World War Two, Because we made breakthroughs that are like... <laughs> Like nothing else in, in well, World War One. Tech, the technology that you, was used to fight World War One, the majority of it was Spanish American War or Civil War technology. We went from yeah. the trench, but they had airplanes too, which is yes. so fucking strange. We yeah. went from yeah. trench to flying overhead. Yeah, right. And we became more efficient, and we had more material breakthroughs and sciences and technologies than we ever had. When humans want to kill each other, they figure out a way to really... <laughs> so, ultimate spoiler, I watched this guy's, like, it's literally like 60 episodes. What's it called again for everybody? Uh, Time Ghost. In Between Two Wars. Oh. In I Between s- Two Wars. I sent you guys okay. both a link to Oh, you to did? It. Okay. And it, it could be used as, like, an uh, audio book, or you could, like, literally watch, because the dude uses a lot of historic photographs, mm. you know, black and white stuff, little, little news clips and stuff. It, it's freaking information rich really fascinating so yeah. my favorite part throughout all these 58 or 59 episodes and he's got a couple of like supplemental episodes or you know that coincide with it and a couple mm-hmm. other series um through all of that we get to the end the whole surmise of his efforts through these 60 episodes of this building up between world war one and world war two we still don't have sliced bread. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah, is no toast. Yeah, sliced bread didn't happen until 46 or something like that. No yeah. sliced wait, wait. bread. Almost 47. Yeah, almost 47. Commu- <laughs> 1940. fucking yes. aliens, man. Yes. They brought sliced bread. Yes, we're communicating across the globe. <laughs> Shortwave radio, atomic destruction, all these wild, crazy fucking things. And in Roswell, New Mexico, they brought sliced bread. Sliced bread. <laughs> Toast. You're welcome. And I'm still waiting on the... Uh, uh, heated uh, self-toasting knife, the electric knife from uh, the Mandalorian. No, no, fuck no. That they stole that shit from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That'll cut it. It cuts and toasts at the same time. Yeah. What what show are you talking about then? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. So long and thanks for all the fish. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. All right, all right hey, the spokesman. The new spokesman. location. Grand reopening. June what? Yeah, we'll call it the fifth. No, the we're past the fifth. You July. fucking these fucking guys. It's June fourteenth. Your birthday's tomorrow. I Paul can't. Arnold Gaines on Facebook. Find him. So I I got like a week and a half before I can move in. Okay. So get, let's get, call it beginning of July. Beginning of July. Beginning of July. Mm-hmm. That's it. Go buy. Go see spokesman. the spokesman. New place on, on Third Street again. Like him Joe, on Facebook. You better pick me a good break song. I have to pick it because Nightmare on Wax was. Dude, you, you killed Thank me you so much that for that. Thank you. Not a lot of people like, fucking picked it up. Damn it. We'll discuss Paul doesn't that. even listen to the, damn it. the music. We'll discuss that when we turn this off. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Ed. Thanks, Thanks very Paul. much. Thank you, man. Yep.